0: It's Blair Johnson with the Badass Records Podcast, wishing you a happy first week of October. want to remind you that uh, new episodes drop Thursdays. You can follow the podcast at uh, badassrecordspodcast.com, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, or subscribe where you stream your audio. If you'd like to do an in-person episode with me here in Kansas City, hit me up at badassrecordspodcast at gmail.com. And that is all I got for you today. Thank you for stopping by. Hope you enjoy the show. eighty-five is coming out this week, I think. So I think this will be a, episode eighty-six. Okay. Badass Records podcast, hanging out with uh, Christoph Nemeth. Uh, how you doing?
1: I'm great. How are you? Good.
0: Sir? Good. Thank you. I appreciate you being here. Uh, not necessarily just down the street, but as you mentioned, maybe uh, good to get out and about and Absolutely. Uh, get some get some fresh air. And there were uh, folks. At my son's baseball game last night, complaining or somebody's talking about people that were complaining at the Chiefs game about the heat, uh, and their response to them was, uh, "In two weeks, that's right. it's going to be cold." I mean, just take a dive. It's always Appreciate it now. This is, I don't know. It's like I've always been uh, prefer the cold because mm-hmm. you can. P- more, yeah. but when it's a hundred, I can't, I can't do anything <laughs> to right. stop my nutsack from sticking <laughs> to my inner thigh. It's bad and sweating through t-shirt right. and just being like, it's miserable. Yeah, the air feels mm-hmm. hot and it, I mean, it just you know, uh, yeah. ACs just mm-hmm. run and run and I mean, and then summer kind of starts to fade away and it's like, wait, 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 yep. not yet. Yep. And Maybe then it's nice and you're know, like, mm-hmm. oh, cool. And then it's like, oh man, now it's, it's that
1: perfect weather at the at at between summer and winter for six weeks, if we're lucky, right. and same at the spring, and then it's miserable the yeah. rest of the time. So. Yeah, well, it's Kansas City.
0: It is. It is. Are you? Did, did you grow up here? I did not. Okay, where are you from?
1: Um, I was born in the East Bay in california okay. okay
0: interesting and is that uh, like uh near san fran and oakland
1: yeah it's well i was so i was born in oakland okay and then lived in the towns Too around short. Oakland. yeah in berkeley and richmond and you know we were uh el cerrito so that area right there and uh lived there for the first 10 years of my life okay still had family there but then my mom married a guy in the army okay and so we started moving around sure. a bunch sure. so first we moved to seattle then we moved to orange county and okay. then we moved to i finished high school in alabama believe it or not wow yeah and then moved back to california with the intent of going to college fucked that up <laughs> <laughs> then uh ended up ended up here in kansas city because my, okay. my my um My dad had, uh, they had transferred to Leavenworth. And so this was 92. I started going to art school at KCAI. Okay. And uh, then when I finished school, so I was only here for like four years, but that was like prime Kansas City time, 92 to 96. yeah. And um, uh, then moved back to Seattle to try to get a job, lived there for 12 years my kid's mom and I split up, and we moved back to the Midwest in 2008. Okay, so I've been back here since. Okay, yeah, wow.
0: Um, episode eight featured a KCAI alum. Oh, who
1: was that? Uh, uh, Matt Littleton.
0: Barr. He he's from Littleton. He moved here. Do you know him? You got. I-
1: the, the name sounds really familiar. Did, did, what, what year did he graduate?
0: Well, so I think we're, we're the same age, so he and I. So 93 would have been when he graduated high school and then came oh. out. But then came out here for the fall of 93, 94. That would have been his first year.
1: Possibly. You know, my wife might know him. Okay. Because my wife went to school at KCAI, too, and she was a year behind me.
0: Okay. So, so. he. I had three buddies, uh, Matt Barr... Uh, and then Dave Bean and then, uh, Josh Weaver all were at KCAI for at least that 93, 94 year.
1: Okay. I'm going to ask Amy when we get home, when I get home.
0: Right. Um, so,
1: it may be a blast to her past.
0: Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was talking to the, my, uh, future boss today and he was like, so-and-so, uh, knows you, but. Uh, I can't remember if she said that you guys went to kindergarten or first grade together. Mm-hmm. So what what elementary school did you go to? And I was like, I went to six. Mm-hmm. And he was like, six what? And I was like, <laughs> elementary schools. Yeah. I mean, just, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but uh, before uh, we dig uh, too far into your some of your stuff, uh, yeah. thank you again for being here. Sure. Um, you, uh, I, I know I'm reading a little bit too much into it but and sort of just a a a quick glance it's you kind of have like a handful of uh online ids oh yeah uh so you've got names without frontiers
1: oh yeah that uh, so i don't like to use my actual name on all my social stuff okay fair because of the fact that my work doesn't necessarily know all the other things i'm Into and and I don't want that to ever become an issue, right? And then (laughs) and I also used to be a little bit more politically vocal on my on my thing, so I didn't want to use my real name. Fair enough. So the 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 Instagram handle is. It's pronounced Boogie Man. <laughs> it looks like
0: bougie Man. Well, <laughs> that's
1: so and this is what's funny we were talking about Steve Trevor earlier. So, Devo fans would recognize that reference. So, they had yeah, a the... character named Boogie Boogie Boy. Okay. But they it was always misspelled with a J and they just kept it that way. Okay. So, those in the know, if yes. you know you know. Yes.
0: So there's uh, the little uh, what do you call those uh the the character that's part of your part of the profile pic has a Devo hat oh. or shirt on.
1: <laughs> yeah, my so my oldest kid, who is also a a, a student at KCAI, um, on a whim d- decided to draw a picture of me, but from memory. Oh, and cool! So they drew me in a Devo shirt. Nice. So it's kind of like Heck until yeah. I change that, I got to keep the name. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Um. So and then there's the there's the so Emmeline Twist. Yep, has its own thing too. Are you the Are you running that? Yeah. I think initially it was like, I got uh, a message on my personal and my band. I want to make sure, you know. Right. And I didn't. It's just anybody that followed me. I'm like today, right? I'm like, hey, thank you. Do you want to? <laughs> uh, which can be uh, productive, but also maybe seem a little feverish if you're sure, double sure. double dipping. Um, but Emeline uh, Twist has been around for six ish years.
1: Uh, I think we started at the in the winter of 2016.
0: Oh, okay. Gosh, so yeah. uh more like 7 going yeah. on 8. Okay. Okay. Um well, the um a lot of other cool little tidbits just from the social media the instagram says post-punk uh stargaze and uh dark wave
1: yeah so shoegaze is 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 the is the term but we have been finding ourselves doing less shoegaze and more post-punk okay Interesting. recently sure just as the band has evolved yeah. yeah it started out a lot more slower and a lot more uh enveloping in our mm. sound mm-hmm. i was the only guitar well we have two guitar players in the band, but I was using it as a showcase to really kind of do some big atmospheric things with my guitar. But we just have kind of become more rock and roll. So it's really kind of taken oh, taken more of a
0: now, your things, post-punk. things your baritone play guitar, baritone guitar. I, I, I'm not familiar with the distinction between that and a regular <clears throat> old six-string.
1: So a baritone is a six-string guitar, only it's tuned down oh. fifth. So instead of it being at a scale where E is the key standard key for a regular guitar, it's down to B. OK. So it's tuned B to B while a standard guitar is tuned E to sure. E. Sure, OK. And it's closer to the scale of a bass. I started out playing bass in right on. high school. That was my first rock and roll instrument. And it's always been my my main thing. And I learned how to play standard guitar. But when I found the baritone, that suddenly was my, that was me. Sure, and yeah, I found a baritone by accident. I found my special purpose. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And it's longer than a regular guitar, but it's shorter than a bass. Okay. And um, but technically, the 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 sound range is kind of like how a cello fits into an orchestra between a violin and a bass. Cool. So or I like if you're that. on a bass. So it's got a deeper sound. It's got a more resonant quality, and it just it 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 sits in a it sits in a mix differently than a Interesting. standard guitar.
0: So I think of like, um, um, free fallen, You know, it's kind of like a D, and then a, just you add your pinky. Yeah, dun, dun, and so that's kind of like that, sort of like the high end mm-hmm. of, of chords sonically, right. exactly. Um, but on if you played those same. Notes on your, it would be a whole, it would be
1: a, like a fifth lower than that, uh, no, yeah. which
0: is not a whole note,
1: it's not a whole octave. Okay, though. okay, yeah.
0: okay, okay, interesting. Yeah, um, you bring the glitter, I'll bring the doom.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> it's a line from one of our uh, one of our songs, Dead Heat, which hasn't been released yet. Where we've oh. got it, we've got it recorded. It was actually the first song we ever worked on as a band. And one of these days it will get sure it will get it will meet sure. the, uh, meet the ears of people in recording. it's it's recorded and it sounds amazing, but it's just waiting for its brother sure. to, to get done so we can release another record.
0: Nice. Um, so whoever are you in charge of all of the things because because it looks if you hit the link, the bio link on the Line twist and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, if you click that link, then a link tree opens up, and uh, if you go, let's see, there was uh, black black site records, oh yes, yeah. so, which mm-hmm. lists there. There's there's a, a cool write up right there, and then there's three links down in the press section that all also go to write up the pitch. Uh, I Heart Music, Big Takeover. They're all it's all really clean copy. Yeah, like whoever wrote those, that's a real person. Right, it's not a.
1: Yeah, so are you talking about the 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 links, the the wording of the links, or the actual? Well, article, everything.
0: So. I mean, so like you know, your the M line uh, IG is is nice and and crisp and clean, and it's got yeah. good uh, pictures. Oh. Uh, and then where that bio link takes you, uh, which I think is the black site record, like that's nice and clean. Oh. Um, Everything just looks sharp, like nobody's uh, half-assing anything. Well,
1: thank you. That, that I, um, I don't like to half-ass anything. Good. And, you know, it's it's and the so the the short answer is yes, I do most. Okay, of that stuff. okay. Um, uh, I've been playing in bands and having to do the promo promo of bands for. I mean, since I was a teenager, okay. right? I was, I, as as a teenager, I was getting into music at the same time I was getting into graphic design, nice. thinking that that was going to be my career. <laughs> so, you know, I was designing flyers for my bands and writing promos and figuring this stuff out. And, and um, you know, m- uh, much like being a student of the music that you listen to, I also wanted, t- I always wanted to know how bands just did that did stuff their stuff yeah right like okay so i know i need a promo pack because you know you would try especially in the 90s you'd be like well how do i get a gig for my band and you'd find out oh well you need to tr- write a promo pack and you need to do this and you need to have stickers and you need to have all this stuff so i just figured out how to do all that stuff nice I think
0: Steve said, "and it's all about just sometimes you just got to do stuff."
1: Oh, that's right, (laughs) and that's what was fun about it, right? It's like there is no, there's no school that you could go to, although there probably should be, about how to be in a local band, right, right, and 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 because you always that there's always in the back of your mind that, oh, you know, maybe this, maybe we'll get discovered and somebody can do all this stuff for us. But that's just not the reality. And if you're going to be in char- in control of how you come across in the world, you just got to be – you just got to take charge of it.
0: Well, I mean, and like what are the odds that you're going to find someone and they're going to always do everything exactly oh, the way that never. you – It's like hiring somebody to cut your grass. Yeah. It saves you the, the time, but you come home and you're like, really?
1: Yeah. Well, as soon as somebody else's money is involved, they've got a say in it. And so you know, I grew up – and and, and we're, I'm sure we're going to keep mentioning Steve tonight (laughs) because he's, he, he's, 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 he's been through this too. And, and to much more success than I've ever had. But, um, you know, figuring it out and doing it is because you have the passion to do it. You, you're like, I don't know how the fuck this thing works. Let me figure it out. And it's, you know, you find people who've been successful at it. You see the, see how they've done it. You're like, okay, they're doing this thing. Oh, you see on their merch tables, oh, they've done their photos like this, or they where did you get your T shirts printed? Or, you know, who designed your website. And then you you just start to figure out how to do that. Right. And um so in every band I've ever been in, that's been me. Hey. I've been the guy. Right. <laughs> and and that said, Emline Twist is lucky in that we've got out of the five members, four of us are, are designers. Oh wow. So we'll just say so like john our drummer is in charge of designing our set lists every night and meredith our vocalist they're in charge of you know they've done a lot of posters for us and sometimes and then uh so we all have an eye for it and can all contribute something to it and, and so it's not just me i don't want to make it sound like oh it's all christoph right it's but, not. but
0: but in other outfits in the past you've worn that hat or... oh yeah
1: absolutely absolutely and you know like any project you've got people who you could collaborate with either you know somebody's really good at you know they don't mind making cold calls to venues or these folks are lucky you know they, they're they able to to you know go pick up the t-shirts one day or or help with the booking and sure you know it it is very much it 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 needs to be a group effort right right because otherwise it becomes, uh, you know, I've used this phrase in the past. It becomes like the little red hen, right? Like who's going to help me bake the bread, right? We all benefit from the bread, so let's all contribute. I to, love that to, book. To, to it, yeah. My right? my
0: kids are. <laughs> oh
1: shit! I'm so sorry. You're all good. Uh, There's an edit for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so. No, but good. That's a good analogy, the the little red hen, and yeah. you know, I think if we're all. Um, benevolent folks, especially in something like a band. Yeah. A lot of benevolence, a lot of faith, a Mm -hmm. lot of trust. Um, As much as we would like to see ourselves start at the highest Mm -hmm. peak of that and stay with it. Yeah. Eventually, you know, something is going to be like a little bottled up and Mm -hmm. some friction will happen and you'll all of a sudden people will be like, Whoa, man. You're like, I've been doing all that," You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. It's, it, It's like any relationship, really, and you've got the 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 joke amongst a lot of musicians is you're married to four or five people, right? And so it's like you got to work it out, yeah. You know, and every band has had I've had people come at me about stuff, and 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 I've done the same thing back. But when you when when you when you know it's worth it, you want to find that those, those places for compromise. Right. And and figure out how to make it work because you know, there's there's magic when you get the right people yeah. together. Yeah. And I'm so lucky with that with Emmeline Twist and you know, this is actually the longest band I've ever been in. Okay. And and you know, we just we're all good friends. Cool. And we've been to each other's weddings, we've been to each other's family events right and 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 we're very it's it's a it's a wonderful thing and especially cool. through the through the pandemic, you know we we're relying on each other a lot because you know we're, we're, th- th- there's still a support structure that happens there, sure, and you know, we get together for practice on Tuesdays and spend forty five minutes just bitching about our jobs or something in life and everything and then we rock out for a couple hours and then we go back to bitching for a while and and um you know it's 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 cathartic not only from a creative standpoint but just from you know adults need friends and you need to be able to talk about stuff and it's you know the, the the phrase around this particular group of people is you know there's the family you choose right and that's you know we've we've chosen each other although sometimes they probably wish they hadn't chosen me <laughs> they're like got this guy again um so i'm a little more intense
0: well so. i mean but i mean that's uh probably a necess- A role that is something of a necessity in a, a, an outfit that's serious and wants to do stuff and yeah. progress and you know uh do you i uh, had a musician on here that mentioned um uh, sort of the grind, like obviously life is the grind, yeah. but inside life's grind, if you're a musician, is your your band's grind. <laughs> and so, you, you know, finding the time, whether it's changing always or if it's always Tuesday night or whatever, he he realized that uh, just getting together and just practicing wasn't enough mm-hmm. to to scratch the whole itch. So mm-hmm. somebody suggested that uh that they have a meal mm-hmm. first ah. and then the, and he goes game changer and now it's like he, you know Hi. not not to sound cliche or cheesy but we break bread uh before and then it's and then it's just a real um which of course means you know you're all taking away a meal time from all of your uh, partners and spouses and whoever you Oh, uh, they're, they're all happy
1: to get rid of us <laughs> No, we. That's a great idea, and 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 I'm gonna propose that to the band because some of our best memories actually are, you know, we're doing a show in another town and we're hanging out and we're having food and all this yeah. kind of stuff. And we, you know, we've done it, we've done it as a band when we're in a place where we don't have anybody else to hang out with. But right. I like that idea.
0: Well, he just, you know, he was like, there's um, the the obvious. Component being nourishment. Mm-hmm. And, and then it also sort of uh, secretly allows you to be people first. Yeah. And, and not that you weren't before you got there. Right. But be people together. And, yeah. And then do the anyway. I, I love that. Yeah, it's... Uh, cool notion um yeah. but so for folks that uh don't know um is the emeline twist instagram the best way to keep tabs on what you guys are up to or is there another
1: it is it is for that band okay and we haven't even gotten into the fact that i'm in four other projects man okay okay <laughs> well let's
0: let's do get to those yeah. uh, in just a sec
1: and hey, we uh, don't even have to emeline twist is the the main band well but, but you know it's I'd like to, to if it. you're if yeah, you're yeah, okay with absolutely.
0: it. Absolutely. Um so the moment twists band camp, uh I'm I, I was not sure what the B slash W Vega B slash oh, W um Moon yeah. eyes. What so is the B slash
1: That's a um so that was those two songs were released as a as a vinyl single. Okay. And so that's the terminology you use for the the, the, the it's it's The two sides of the single. Okay. Yeah. It's
0: like a a single with a B side, sort of. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, uh, from 2016, uh, Dissimulation, an eight track release from 2018. That's correct. Uh, Drugs, a single from 21, and then Aspera. Aspera?
1: Aspera, yeah.
0: Aspera Mm -hmm. from a track from uh, last year. Yep. Um, So, a lot of good stuff happening there. Uh, You said you. kind of bounced around a little bit growing up. Do uh, you have siblings? I do. Okay. How many and where are you? I have
1: one brother who is younger. Okay. And that's it.
0: Okay. And then uh, you said uh, mom and dad split and then somebody remarried? Or-
1: yeah. So my, my, my mother and natural father split when I was f- – Uh, probably four. Okay.
0: Okay. Any idea how they met?
1: They met, they met because my mom and my natural father's sisters went to the same Catholic school in Berkeley. Okay. And that's how they met. Okay. Yeah. Um, And they lived, they lived, oh, this is kind of funny actually bringing music into it. They lived on a street in El Cerrito, the same street, Three blocks from each other growing up and right in the middle of their of between their homes was where John Fogarty grew up grew oh up. really yes okay so it's an odd bit of trivia but that's funny video.
0: um so mine I you know for a hundred years mm-hmm. I was like I was four and you were one to my sister when when our folks split yeah and then later it's like actually I'm not it's somewhere in the four to seven range. Yeah. Like I'm not like, anyway, uh, I, I, so, you know, you're kind of in that area where do you have memories of them under the same roof?
1: Oh yeah. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, so when they're living together and then I'm assuming after they're not, you, you split time.
1: No, my, no. my natural father went off on his own life journey. Gotcha. And, which is fine i get it they okay. were young yeah you know all is forgiven it's not like you know sure. any issue but my mom and our in fact his my natural father's uh grand uh, his parents my grandparents it was basically like we were just all still the same family oh, so cool. we we grew nice. up with them which was wonderful and um uh my uncle was always a real strong person in my life he was only six years older than me so we were more like brothers anyway okay yeah and um so i'm very grateful that we still had that connection and uh, my natural father and i reconnected uh, uh probably over the past 10 years and and he still lives in california okay
0: okay yeah um so i mean if for how for however long they were together were they playing music and were they putting on music in the home and Mm -hmm. then afterwards. So you're just with mom. Was she also,
1: Oh yeah. My mom was a huge, huge music fan. So she was adopted, uh, as a kid and, um, her adopted father, was a musician as well. Okay. And so music was imp- like, uh, my mom grew up learning the piano cool. and guitar and singing. Oh, nice. She was liked you know, like, like to be a, a folk artist y- in the yeah. 60s and everything. So music was always, 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 always a thing. I uh, There's a picture of me someplace of, you know, maybe being three or four and being given a David Cassidy plastic oh, wow. guitar, Okay, you know, and, uh You know, that I would just strum. I didn't, like, it wasn't really made to make music. But um, uh, took piano lessons. And um, then that turned into playing trumpet in the school band. Okay, cool. And really excelling at that as a kid. And then somewhere in junior high, finding out that I actually had a real proclivity for rhythm instruments, like drums and stuff. Um, And, you know, keeping a beat. And uh, I don't know what that was, but in high school, I started playing bass. Okay. Because I wanted to be a rock star. Yeah, of course. Right? Because all the girls yeah. liked the musicians. Yeah. And all the music I was listening to, you know, they were effeminate goofball nerds like me. So it's just like, well, that's that's how I'm going to get the girl. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm going to play play rock music. and And I really love music. I mean, as a nerd kid in high school that was what me and my friends and i sure just did just devoured music devoured it and you know just became students of 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 everything about every band that we that we listened to and back then there was no internet right so it's just like you had to either find people who knew about it or find weird fanzines or you know read every bit of the liner notes you could and you know, make the associations and, it, or, you know, hear from your friends. It was always, Oh, who your, who your friends knew. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And everybody was always trying to outdo each other. Sure. It's just like, Oh, you you like them. Have you heard of these guys? And you'd make each other mixtapes and you'd share them yeah. at parties. And like, that was the internet, right? That's how you did it. <laughs> My buddy
0: who's uh, the GM at up down, uh, set you know, similar, uh, path and he's like I, I i'm never gonna be a better basketball player than you i'm never going to be as handsome or as sexy but my music's always going to be cooler oh, than that's you right
1: <laughs> that's right it it, it, be, it it becomes a craft yeah, yeah yeah yeah
0: um so what what sort of stuff uh was mom into did your, did we already? oh
1: she liked she liked everything the the and she was very generous with what she allowed me to listen to. Okay. Like it was never, oh, you shouldn't be listening to that. Sure. Because I brought some stuff into the house that they were like, what the hell is yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Um, but she was really into, and this is funny because my wife Amy's mom was kind of the same way. They liked music that was probably... Beyond what their social level would would have indicated, mm-hmm. and um, so she was always into like artier stuff. She really loved the Moody Blues and the oh, Beatles, wow. and and I mentioned John Fogarty earlier. His Creedence mm-hmm. was all over the place. So stuff that was both really accessible and poppy, but also more experimental. Okay, like I remember. You know, every kid does this, right? You go through the... You go and you try to find the weird records in the record collection because th- they sound odd, right? So it was the White Album and uh, whatever that Moody Blues record is. Mm. That, that, uh, the that,
0: double... Do they have a double?
1: Yeah, it's the one that has the... the um, it probably has Nights and White Satin on mm-hmm. it and Ride My Seesaw and all this other <laughs> stuff on there. That, there was a lot of spoken word yeah, on those records. Yeah, and, and
0: sometimes the mix was... Yeah, exactly. All of a sudden you're straining to hear... That's
1: right. Shh, shh, what? Yep, what? yep yeah. that kind of stuff. So, you know, it was like proto-prog rock that yeah. she was into. Yeah. But then in the, in the se- late 70s, she started getting into more like the yacht rock and, okay. and AM gold and... And that stuff had I had zero interest in. Of <laughs> like, mom, why'd you stop listening to Pink Floyd? Right, right. And um, but you know, people's tastes change as they get older, and that's what happened with her. But then in the '80s, when I was a teenager, it, it just all ha- that's when it all happened. Okay. I just started finding. Well, that
0: so life. I'm glad you said that. it's yeah. uh, a, a, an area that really fascinates me. Like, so uh, I really hate the redundancy element of, of hosting so much because I only have so many original thoughts, you know, and then it's just pull the string and repeat. Yep. Um, but the, the stuff that your folks or your mom or your dad, whoever you're, you know, it's, it's kind of just part of the home. It's like furniture. It's like there. And then until you start to carve out your, you know, first step to down a path toward your own taste and your own. So, um, Somewhere in between uh what you heard at home and the list that you gave me for today, was there a first album that you oh, were yeah. in love with or that you oh, yeah. bought or borrowed?
1: Yeah. So there was this weird period of time when I was telling you that, 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 that my mom started listening to stuff that I was like I mean, this is shit like bread and mm. and and that and that kind of mellow gold stuff that I'm just like, surely there is something else in the world than this. So my cousin and my uncle, who were not much older than me, were really into, like my my cousin and to this day, God bless him, he's still into like that first second wave of British heavy metal. Oh, and so he was into all the hard rock. I I found out about ACDC, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, nice, all that stuff.
0: At, at what age ish
1: was I was probably eleven and twelve. Okay. okay. So this is prime Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> years for a, a yeah. kid like me. Yeah. But I was just like fuck yes, we're going to listen to Judas Priest and play D anD D. Yeah. And um, so and I so I loved that stuff. Nice. I loved the heavy stuff, but I was also into Rush and Pink Floyd. And, okay. Because my other my uncle, he was also into a lot of that same stuff, but he was also into. The Talking Heads and Ooh. The Police okay. and Elvis Costello, and so I was like, "Well, I what think is I saw this stuff?"
0: Today, I think that he's going to be here.
1: Oh, I'm not surprised he comes back here. Pretty, pretty. No, often. Okay, yeah. cool. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, so now I was getting that, and around at that same time, the rock radio was also playing The Police and mm. U two mm-hmm. and and stuff that was more guitar driven new right. wave right. stuff. And so, so i was starting to get this peek into other stuff. Right. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I I I love Black Sabbath, but there's also Devo happening. What is this, right? So, so in junior high, there was this started to be this transition happening between exclusively li- listening to hard rock and metal, and then. F- f- you know you we we found out we found this alternative or we found this music magazine this is when i was living in seattle at this point called the rocket okay and the rocket didn't give shit about musical genre they were just they they just it was everything so i remember picking up one of these magazines because maybe rush was on the cover or something like that but then there were ads from the record labels like you know, this new Devo record's coming out or this new, you know, Police album's coming out or this, you know, Black Flag's gonna be at the Palladium or, you know, this kind of stuff. And and we were like, well, what is this stuff? And then somebody mentioned the word punk rock and we're like, what is that? And so you start to go to the record stores and seeing little glimpses of this stuff. Like, okay, well, there's that Devo record. What's this hilarious thing called the cramps? (laughs) What is this, right? So you start to... You start to you start to do this safari. Yeah. You're like, "Oh, I'm going to buy this cuz this is crazy looking." I always I always remember this that Cramps record, the 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 it was not wasn't stay sick, it was it was it bad music for bad people the, the yellow one okay. that has that really grotesque drawing on it. We were like, "Well, this kind of looks like Eddie from Iron Maiden. Maybe it sounds the same." <laughs> nice. <laughs> it didn't but right. it, but it appealed something about it appealed to us being weirdo kids yeah I'm like whoa this is weird
0: well you know uh, bef- up like whatever steps your musical journey takes mm. up to that point mm. you know like so much of it is happening uh on the other side of the horizon right mm-hmm. like you can't Right, you, you just hear what you hear on the radio. Maybe there's a handful of records in the house, or, right. or, or uh, eight tracks, or, or whatever. Uh, but it all, but it all definitely sort of feels similar, yeah. like the Beatles and the Stones and Led Zeppelin and the Who. And it's like obviously they're different and they have different sounds, right. but they, they sort of uh, okay, you know. Uh, and until you uh, start venturing into record stores or exactly. come across a magazine, you're like. Yep. Oh, yeah. shit.
2: this
1: oh, was
0: literally one thing in the mm-hmm. haystack, exactly. You know, exactly, yeah, the whole world opens up for that, sure.
1: That's really the case. And there was a Tower Records near where I was growing up, and it wasn't Seattle, it was Tacoma, okay, which was a, you know a pretty divey place at the time. And um, uh, but there's a Tower Records, and we would always go in there. And it was when back when they had Tower. Tower they, uh, like a sister shop next door called Tower Posters. Mm. And it was really just a head shop.
0: <laughs> <And, laughs> that and... happened to sell a few posters. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. So it's kinda like Seventh Heaven for the kids out there don't, listening to Don't today. say the B word. <laughs> uh, yes. And um so we um uh you know, so then we would see pictures of these bands too. We're like, who th- well, okay who's that where do they get right? those clothes exactly who cut their hair and suddenly you're like oh this is getting cool yeah. right you're starting to see more of this this kind of stuff and making these connections is like okay these these are punk bands and these are synthesizer bands and these are just alternative bands and you 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 it's like this giant math equation you're seeing these connections and you're like oh this band is on this record label and these guys were just on tour with this other band, and here's a local band that's doing something similar. And and it's um, like
0: uh, Homeboy solving the puzzles. That's and right. Goodwill hunting. <laughs> that's
1: exactly oh right. Oh my god. Yep. Yep. <laughs> or doing the you know the the strings between things. You you, you start you start to make those connections. Yep. And while kids who are into sports would have endless resources of television shows or radio shows or things that explained how this player magazines, was like this and, newspaper right, articles, this was more of the, this kind of a mystery to be solved. It's the, like, who are these bands? Figuring like, out
0: how to do stuff in a band. So a similar, it, it, and I,
1: I'm certain that that's probably where I got that from, right. right? Where it's just like, you're, you're on your own trying to figure it out. You want to impress your friends. You want to impress the girls. Yep. You want to impress the, you know, the kids at school. Yeah. And, you know, so we started my friend's group just started getting a little braver and braver in junior high because they already knew us as weirdo art kids who played D&D. But now we're like making murals in the art room that are that, you know, are, are, you know, album art from some of these weirdo bands. And, you know, some kids you some kids didn't like it but other kids were like oh what's this right mm-hmm. so you then you became an, an ambassador for it right. Yeah. right hey
0: go talk to Kristoff. he right. knows exactly. about these things yep
1: yeah. precisely so well and, cool yeah
0: so you uh the 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 cassidy guitar to trumpet <laughs> to eventually <laughs> bass yes and how was it that how i mean what was it that drew you to bass over a six string
1: i'll tell you this so i started out trying to so i guess i was a freshman in high school and i'm like well i want to learn how to play guitar because rock and roll and but i had a buddy that already played guitar and i wasn't really good at it and i'm like I don't wanna play chords, I wanna play solos, I mm. wanna play leads, mm-hmm. I wanna play single note things because that's what I thought that a guitarist did. A rock guitarist, that's what I thought a rock guitarist did. So um, my guitar teacher was like, well, have you considered playing bass? And I'm like, I hadn't. And then when I, when I got handed the bass, a few, two very interesting <laughs> things happened. So by now I'm living in Southern California. So I'm going to school. It's like eighth grade in, in, um, oh no, no. Eighth, ninth grade in Southern California. And that must've been it. So I'm learning how to play bass. And of course my teachers teaching me how to play green onions and, Mm. you know, just blues bass. Sure. And then one day I came in there and I'm like, this is the song I want to play and i and i and i had it on a tape and it was it was uh it was a duran duran song oh it was planet earth okay by duran yeah I, because i'd seen the video yeah and i'm like i don't know what this guy's doing but i want to learn how to do it and all the girls like him so that was That's another gotta be good.
0: wild eye opener when mtv kind oh, yeah. of exploded it oh was yeah
1: just like exactly a
0: sick addiction oh yeah to like i don't want to go to school or go outside and be <laughs> just all day and all night because you're, wanna...
1: beca- you're becoming educated yeah right yeah that so of course he didn't know how he he couldn't hear from the tape because he was an old dude he, <laughs> he couldn't hear from the tape what was going on he's like well let me see if i can find some some uh some sheet music yeah so he found the sheet music to save a prayer and that was the first song i learned how to play on okay bass. okay and um and 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 that basically just set me on the path. Interesting. Now, soon after that, you know, I'm playing bass and I'm you know figuring it out for myself and everything. Soon after that, I get introduced to, to New Order. Oh. And 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 you know, I'd been li- well, I shouldn't say be introduced to New Order. I'd been list I'd listened to New Order, but I didn't I didn't ever. Like they they didn't have videos. There were new New Order videos. At the right. Time. And um because they were kind of like staunchly non commercial at that and time.
0: And did they come from previous outfits to form New Order or no? Well yeah. So they okay. was
1: it was Joy Division first. Yes, and then that's they became yes. became New Order. So you know, I'm starting to get into the kind of music that's gonna start to get me into the goth realm. Uh-huh. And and so I guess it was like eighty four or something. It's whenever the New Order Love Life album came out. Okay. Lo- not Love Life, Low Life. <laughs> and they finally released a video. So it's the first time I've ever seen this band. And, and it's a lo- they're playing live in the studio and I see how this guy is playing the bass. And it just blew my mind because he was playing the bass the way that I wanted to play the bass. He was playing up high, doing riffs. It was like the lead instrument. It just exploded my skull, I, you know, like 14. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. I want to play bass like that. So I stopped taking lessons and just started learning from, because now I, had, I could see how someone was doing this. And so I would sit in my room and listen to the radio.
0: You gave up on the old man that delivered the I wrong did. sheet music? I did.
1: <laughs> I did give up. I still, I can still play Save a Prayer to the shade. There that. you go. And uh, many other Duran Duran songs. Because I started to figure it out, right? Yeah. I started to yeah. understand, as I was getting better, how this works. Mm. Okay, you play up here for this, you use a pick for that. You play down here when you would emphasize this part of the song. So studying the music I was listening to gave me the education of how to play. Mm. And so... The there whole was
0: a... thing is just a do-it-yourself starter. Precisely. All of it. Yep. For...
1: And my parents bought me a bass amp and I would sit in my room, because I was highly unpopular at school, and I'd sit in my room and listen to the evening show on KROQ in Los Angeles. And that DJ, I wish I could meet that DJ to this day. Do you remember I can, the call yep, signal her, of the station? It, well, it was KROQ 1067. Nice, 1067. excellent. And I, I think, one of, something like that. Yeah. Somebody's gonna correct me. Eh. But the DJ in the evening, her name was Dusty Street, which is a totally (laughs) contrived name. But she played all the stuff that they couldn't play during the day. Cool. So I started to hear. So this was the next step in the education. I I started to hear Public Image Limited Mm. and Tones on Tail and Bauhaus and more gothy stuff and Fad Gadget and weird electronic stuff. Wow. And yellow and all this weirder, weird yellow even
0: weirder as stuff. in boom yes. Fr-
1: nice. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes, it's <'cause laughs> the same band. Sorry, sorry, no, that's no, no. the only reference. Right, I that's have. the only. No song W. They have does. no W. Nope. Y e l l o. Yeah. But lots of synth pop, lots of other stuff. Okay. And, and so she played stuff that that just was really turning me on. Mm. And, I, and so I would sit there in the evenings after my homework because I was a good student because I was a nerd and play bass to these songs and figure it out Wow and and just listen and then I would buy the records and I would play every song on these records and learn how to play Wow everything.
0: you had the discipline to put in the hours I,
1: well I didn't have any I didn't have a life well, <laughs> I was just a, a kid you know I didn't have a car but, I but didn't have anywhere to go look at
0: look at uh, I mean whether you thought that then or now or you think it just think it now mm-hmm. retrospectively the way that you're expressing that is to like smash the vault, the value Mm -hmm. down because you were a nerd or whatever you, whatever, you know, (laughs) but now look at the skills it's given you. I mean, precisely and the knowledge and the probably countless experiences. So whatever to the categorization. Yeah. Then, I mean,
1: Oh yeah, no, it is, it's fun. It is funny to look back on because, you know, it really was, I didn't have anything else. And I often talk to, to... But you
0: could have been uh, not productive or not constructive, oh, sure. lazy, yeah. watch TV and snack. Could have
1: just done sh- shit for nothing. Com- comic, could right. have,
0: comic books, yeah. you know, but anyway.
1: Yeah, but I was just so fascinated with what being a musician was. Mm. Like, because these people were doing, you know, there was obviously some connection, whether it was the music the way they dressed, what they were singing about, you know, there's obviously a romanticized idea of what being in a band was, Yep. you know, it's just like, Oh, certainly they're getting paid millions of dollars yeah. to do nothing but fuck off and play guitar. And so, because again, you don't know what the, what the reality is. You're just like, Oh, that sounds cool. And, um, uh, yeah. So I guess I was in my, f- my, my first proto band with some other kids At my high school, one kid had his parents tried it, was trying to keep him off a drug, so they bought him a bunch of music gear and they bought him a synthesizer and a little Dr. Rhythm drum machine and an amplifier. And so we were like, Oh, I play bass, we can do an OMD cover band or something like that, right? We're like, Let's make some synth pop music. I mean, that's that's what we did
0: kind of ingenious for you know, uh. Like I said, I have a soon-to-be teenager and, yep. and have a son that's not too far behind. Like I could only hope and pray <laughs> that you know they could make lemonade out of a lemon, like, and not yeah. just yeah. go the direction that your parents don't want you to go. You yeah. know what I mean?
1: Well, you know, it, it. I always looked at it as you know I'm going to get more. I'm going to get more out of this if I just concentrate on it rather than because I, I mean I had plenty of friends and acquaintances who were. Already screwing up their lives. It's mm. 14 year olds Man. and I'm like, I don't want to I don't want to do that It's I'm having more fun playing music. Yeah, cool and The potential there. Jeez. Is, so
0: um, So you said uh, uh, I believe a few minutes ago uh, That along the path of, of learning to play the bass that you learned that there are times to play with a pick and times not to Oh, yeah, is that correct?
1: That Absolutely
0: now? Uh Dane Bridges was on a few he he plays bass in Chowk, he was on mm-hmm. a few episodes ago yeah. and he uh, I think uh said that, you know, it's without question no pick is the way to go. Which when he said that stung me because my favorite bassist <laughs> always plays with a pick and has said I like playing with a pick because it enables me to silence notes oh, easy yeah. when I want to silence them. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, conflicting. And yeah. now you're like, it's both. I'm like, ah! It is both. You know, it, it really
1: just depends on the technique right. and, the st- and, and the style of music you're going for. With with In Emmeline Twist, there would never be a song that we're not using a pick on the bass. Interesting. And Kristen and I talk about this all the time. You know, okay. She's, she comes from a, you know, a line, you know, being a, a punk rock bass player and playing with the fingers is just alien to her. Okay. But she knows how to rock that pick and, sure. and that's that's the sound right we, sure. we work hard on well she works hard i don't do shit she, <laughs> she works hard on on trying on to get that sound in. and getting that getting that that texture and the rhythm but that's why i asked her to be in the band because she already knew that that technique and cool. that was what i wanted to hear underneath my guitar right band. so awesome yeah
0: um so if you wouldn't mind um you know, you're 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 goofing around with your buddy who has the stuff, and and you ha- have the bass. Yeah. Um. If you could walk me from there through <laughs> your different bands oh, up to a Milan okay. Twist, as long winded or as brief as you want to be, it's okay. totally up to you.
1: That's cool. I'll do that because it's actually kind of funny. So that was I was doing that in 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 the garage at my friend's house. This so this would have been a, I was a junior in high school. Moved to Alabama. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah. Which the lemonade in that was finding some other musician kids. And so we basically... I, I played bass in a cover band that we had. And we did everything from school talent shows to parents' parties... Or, you know, parent uh, parties at kids' house when the parents weren't there. Mm-hmm. We even played at a frat house. Nice. You know, because there was a college in that town. And um, just basically honed our chops as musicians, cool. a bunch of these kids. What again, were some
0: of the most fun covers that you remember? Oh,
1: geez. We played, We played a couple of Cure songs. We okay. played a couple of U2 songs. Wow. We played some REM songs. We played Replacements. We played some, some punk stuff. Like we did some Generation X and Public Image stuff, Gosh. which again, just unheard of that kids, especially in Alabama, would have been playing... Um, but those kids had older siblings who were exposing them to sure. this kind of music. And they just I fell bet in love with Some them. of
0: those older, when the older siblings and yeah. the friends of the older siblings, if they ever bent an ear and heard, they're like, look
1: at these. Yeah, g- it, that's exactly Holy right. shit. That's why we got these out kids are rad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Cause we were playing the college rock. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, so then I moved back to California, kind of tried to get some musical things going. Uh, the, never really were, I mean, kinda, you know, various bands with various people, but in Orange County and San Diego, uh, where I lived during that time. Uh, but nothing really came of it other than, you know, coffee shops and some bars, right. That was it. And then, um,
0: and, and you're, uh, I, I would, uh, assume, mm -hmm. uh, that across these moves, your mental health is fine i mean it sounds like well, you're resilient and adaptive
1: uh, yeah i mean I, it kind of had to be i went through some i'm, I'm leaving gaping holes okay in my fair history. enough fair enough but um uh music was always the thing that that like that's what i wanted to do even if i had to have a regular job right I, but
0: i mean it's like you sort of build up a little thing in mm-hmm. in the music and then now you're over here and you do it again oh, now, yeah and then like kids uh, people mm-hmm. uh there are people out there that might go through some things that like that and and, and you know, become yeah. depressed yeah or or give up <laughs> or feel like a failure right. or it, it messes with their confidence yeah
1: it never did that for me because okay. i was just like okay well that fell apart i'm gonna and uh, i'm gonna start another band cool because awesome, man. i'd always just be i was always getting better nice like my goal and you were aware was, of that right exactly i'm like well now i'm better than i was in my last band how can i push it to the next one cool and then so when i was in san diego you know i would get asked to play with other bands fun because i didn't have a band and you know i people would want me to join their bands and everything and i'm like okay uh, you know for this <laughs> show or whatever and i worked at it i worked at a recording studio so i played on uh, sessions and stuff so i just got wow. started to get the reputation as being a you know a go-to bassist cool Still, uh, I, but i was right in, in those bands that i was in i was writing I, I had taught myself how to play guitar by this point okay and so i was already writing and arranging songs so this was 40 years ago 30 years ago 30 years ago not early 90s wow and you know starting to you know this this was when it started to get more serious like okay we got to go in the studio we got to record now we got to release a demo tape we got to have the promo pack we got to go you know you got to mail him in or you got to hand deliver him, um you know all this kind of crap so i networking. just started to learn how to do that stuff right yeah and um because it was never really like oh that's too much work it was like oh cool this sounds like fun yeah and then um when i moved back to kansas city
0: now from san diego yeah You're, are you yep. moving back to kansas or are you well, moving moved to, Kins- to kansas city for, for the first time, time. okay
1: yeah. and um started going to kcai and living in midtown and going to shows and you know seeing these bands and like fuck i want to do this again right so found some other guys to do some music and um was in two bands two bands while I was here. Must have been two bands. And um, switched from regular bass to fretless bass for one of them. Oh,
0: wow. I mean, is that the same thing as an upright? Or no?
1: uh, well, it's an electric bass, but it has no frets like an upright does. So okay. you can get those slides and... You know, and you stuff. didn't
0: feel naked or no know.
1: i just saw it as a challenge okay because i liked so many in fact i think one of my my albums that we're going to talk about had a fretless bassist okay. there, and i'm like that's something i've always wanted to do cool saw that as a challenge and it really took to it I, I i kind of missed the fact that i don't have one but um uh then moved to seattle had a band with my kid's mom So we had this band, and it was kind of like a Mazzy star kind of thing. Because that was sort of popular at the time. So it was like acoustic, but also kind of gothy. Mm -hmm. And started to get... uh, Around that time in Seattle, grunge was done and was a dirty word. So Mm. there were a lot of of other alternative kind of bands. And goth was really big up there, too. And I'm like, oh, I'm kind of getting back to my roots. You know, and started playing... Started doing that band more seriously like we were really actually trying to get signed in that band
0: oh wow and um, And your videos in your early 20s oh i
1: don't even remember how old i was but this was late 90s
0: okay okay
1: and um uh and then making friends with other bands in that scene and uh, um then i had my first kid and born in seattle born in born in tacoma Tacoma,
0: sorry yeah yeah.
1: no but uh, we were still i was working in seattle um and around that time my kid's mom decided that she didn't want to do music anymore okay because she was a mom that yeah totally understand but i still needed to do it there was still something i needed i still needed to follow it so i started playing bass in my friend's band which was kind of like a electronic goth band
0: Mm. That sounds fun. It it
1: it it was at times fun. Okay. <laughs> when it when it when it was really good, it was great. And when it wasn't, it wasn't. And I'm sure part of that was my own fault. So well, I, I gotta you know, it's like like I said, any relationship. It, right. You know, you bring stuff in there. So um played with them for a while, then moved back. Kansas City.
0: And and mom and kid come with or no? Yeah, okay. everybody
1: moved back because okay. both of us still had family. Okay. And then, so I was, at that point, didn't know anybody in the area. Because I was actually, we first moved back to Lawrence, didn't know anybody. Mm. I was by myself a lot, really depressed because of the 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 situation mm. I was in. So I started just writing songs on my own and I had already been doing that writing some electronic songs and using uh, drum machines and programs and trying to find this sort of sound I was looking for that was sort of massive attack but maybe not so clinically electronic because you know by this point especially in Seattle electronic music was really popular too and I really got into that
0: so I assume by this point that you Mm -hmm. have a decent amount of gear in general yeah I was
1: just basically just doing it on a computer Okay. You know, okay. just use, using using uh, uh, computer based software. Okay. And um, uh, and and just working on my songcraft, and you know, trying out a bunch of different stuff because I didn't have anything to lose. And again, I was in this place where music was my coping skill. And um. And then a very fateful thing happened, mm. and that is that I met a young lady named Julie Burnson. Okay and Julie Burnson had grown up in Kansas uh, in Hutchinson okay and moved to Chicago for school and she had just moved back and was had a job in Lawrence and i had i guess i had maybe maybe she had put an ad in the craigslist looking for ban- looking for a band to sing for this a project
0: this is 08ish
1: this would have been 09 oh, 09 no. okay yeah and i i i sent her a message and i said hey I like your influences because she had said like Hoover Phonic and Portishead and Mm. and some of the electronic stuff that I liked. in. But that stuff that was a little bit more jazzy, she had said she was a jazz singer. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And so we met for coffee and like we hit it off so greatly that we left the coffee shop, went back to my house and recorded our first song together.
0: Seriously? Yeah. Wow.
1: And we worked. We had such a really great working relationship because she could take direction really well and i was like i don't really uh, this is what i kind of want to hear can you do it like this and 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 so i acted in a product more of like a producer mode and um so we ended up forming the band the late night callers okay which was I, I I guess we were pretty successful in in Kansas City. There wasn't there hadn't been anything like us before. Interesting. And so we kind of took this idea that like let's make some electronic music, but that also sounds like it may have come from the past. Ooh. So and then like sing about some really dark stuff, <laughs> like like what a as combo. if it was a like it like it because the, the whole theme was like kind of noir based stuff, and um so had. Found two other musicians. Nick Combs played keyboards. I know that name from somewhere. Well, he was in my band, The Late Night Callers. Okay. <laughs> huh. And then um, uh, Gavin Mack. Okay. Who uh, um, is currently in a band called The Thick and the Foolish. Okay. Thick, Thick and the Foolish, who we played with uh, over the weekend. He played bass, and he came from kind of a soul. Uh, show band background, but also a rock background. So he was the perfect bass player. Nice. And Nick was really into wanting to do keyboard stuff. So that allowed me to figure out guitar, play the guitar. And that's when I found the baritone guitar. Huh. Found it by accident at at Richard Music one day because I was was trading in a bunch of old guitars and old gear. And I saw this Gretsch on the wall and I pulled it down thinking it was just a standard guitar and I strummed a chord on it and it was this giant beautiful sound. And I'm cool. like, what the fuck is this thing? <laughs> and he's like, and I'll never forget. It was the guy named Austin who still works at Rich's music. And is we that talked, on mass it's on eighth street. Eighth. Okay. Yeah. And, um, he's like, Oh, that's a baritone guitar. And I'm like, what is this? And so we talked about it and I instantly went home with it. And that became my sound forever.
0: Wow. Ever since. Yeah. Cool. I still have that guitar. Nice.
1: It's a little worse for the wear, but that was my guitar main guitar through the late night collars, which lasted from 2010 officially to like 2015. Okay. And um, we released a couple of CDs, never got on vinyl, like an official vinyl release, which is a total shame because those songs were great. And, uh, are and are we're, they
0: not somewhere where they could still be? They, or?
1: Probably. Okay. They, <laughs> you don't have... <laughs> no, I have them. Oh. Um, but I hadn't thought about doing... A, Fuck, I hadn't really, really thought about that. I mean, Maybe I should do that.
0: I mean, if you have the time and the resources and you, it's a, sh- a shamey thing. Yeah. I mean,
1: that, that actually would be a cool idea. Okay, I'm going to look into that.
0: Well, I mean, uh, if it goes well, you're welcome. If, it's, if it turns out <laughs> to no, be a I nightmare, would love to do it. Not my fault. I'm,
1: I'm very <laughs> proud of the work that, that that band did, but it just got to the point where it had run its course. Too, sure, sure. Right? But and, then
0: Emmeline is right around the corner oh yeah okay so
1: what ended up happening then is like as soon as that was done i was like well i'm not going to lose this momentum because right
0: decades now
1: right well and and the success that the collars had had is like well i'm and again it was just like well i'm going to take what i learned from that and i'm going to put it into the next band but i wasn't sure what i was going to do so i started two bands at the same time hey (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this got me down the wrong road, meaning only because of the fact that now I've made multiple bands. But I wanted to, instead of try to put all my influences into one band, I wanted to put, to concentrate sp- on specific sounds in in various bands. So I started Emmeline Twist to be specifically a post punk shoegaze band. Okay. And um, and then I started another band called Abandoned Bells, which I wanted it to be more dark. Americana kind oh, of sounding. Interesting. So to use the baritone guitar in that realm and then to use the baritone guitar for post-punk stuff because what I want, what I really wanted, what my goth teenage heart wanted was to do something that sounded like The Cure and Sisters of Mercy and, sure. and th- those types of bands that, that were playing this you know darker driving yeah. rock and roll. But I also wanted to do spooky, weird Americana shit too. And, so,
0: and th- of that... Uh, who are a couple of influences?
1: Uh, that band was more influenced by stuff like uh, 16 Horsepower and um, uh, Slim Cessna's Auto Club and the offshoots. There was a whole Denver sound in the 90s and okay. the early 2000s that was this dark Americana stuff. Interesting. And, and I really wanted to do that kind of stuff.
0: Okay. So you so- get... Both off the ground, right? And eventually they spawn into other. Or... Well,
1: what what ended up happening is that that both bands had their 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 level of success. Oh, cool! Um, and <laughs> good and,
0: problem to have.
1: Yeah, it actually was a good problem to have until it just got to the point where my own personal life was getting in the way, and I needed to be able to just concentrate on one thing. Okay. And I mean,
0: good good on you for having the foresight to recognize that right and
1: you know it sucked because when you break when you leave a band especially one that it was being successful like that was it it's 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 not fun it's you're breaking up with somebody who thinks that hey why are we breaking up and 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 i loved those two people it was terry quinn and who's you know also Extremely successful in town doing her own version of that, right? She's still doing this kind of witchy Americana stuff. Cool. And um and then Tyson Schroeder played drums, and he was just such an incredibly unique talent Mm. on the drums. And we just that that band had something really magical that would happen when we would get on stage, is very and I use magical in the true sense of the word, some something. Something ritualistic happened with that band that I, that I just loved getting into that space with them. Um, Emmeline Twist was recording, creating music faster, starting to ramp up quicker because there's more opportunities for a rock band, and 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 I just it got to the point where you know we were concentrating on getting a record out and. Doing more stuff, so I just wanted to to, to focus on that some okay. more and personal stuff. I sure. just wanted to, to to not have so much on my plate. And
0: man, um, I like it's funny. You walk through life, especially you know in our youth, uh, with uh, some sense of indestructibility. Yeah, and I, I know. My fucking parents and all these adults are such buzzkills because I got it figured out. <laughs> and then you're like, forty, yeah, before you even realize, oh yeah, the concept of plate, oh yeah, and fullness. That's exactly. And right. then it's another ha- however long for you. You know what? I don't. <laughs> I'd rather give more to these other things right. and and yeah. I mean, it's anyway.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so, um, so Emline Twist is going strong looking great. Then the pandemic happens, mm. which is probably a theme that many of these people mm. spoke about mm-hmm. you you as well. And suddenly everything just stopped. And, um, so to keep my own sanity, cause I'm at home by myself, I just recorded a bunch more songs. I recorded a bunch of songs or demos, right? They're not actual songs. They're just demos, um, of some stuff that'll be, could be Emmeline twist songs. And then I started thinking, I had some songs that weren't really fitting with Emily Twist, and I'm like, well, what can I do with these? These are all good songs. Some were holdovers from um, uh, Late Night Callers. Some were stuff that just never saw the light of day in any band. But they were more experimental in the sense that they didn't really fit into a particular genre. Um, uh, And around that same time... uh, local musician and, and friend of mine, Diedrich Moore, who runs the band at the time, they were called Monta at Odds, had asked me to play on one of their tracks, play okay. bass and guitar, guitar. That's fun. So yeah, Featuring? Exactly. So I think I did that. I can't remember if it was right before the pandemic or right after the pandemic. Um, it may have been right after. But anyhow, he and I started developing a rapport mm. and and finding that we liked the same kind of stuff. And I... and and uh, I'm like, hey, I'm trying to get these songs worked up. Nobody in, the, in my band has computer software to, to work on any of these things. Do you want to take a shot at like, fig, p- you, do you want to put some synthesizers on some of these songs? And r- through the, basically the course of the, of the pandemic, he and I were working on these songs together. And he was sending me more Manta songs.
0: Hmm. Manta
1: Manta, well it was was originally called Manta at Odds and now they go by Manta and so pretty much by the end of the pandemic what had happened is I pretty much became a member of Manta to do these songs and to be a musical collaborator with Diedrich and then we started another project called Static Phantoms which is basically we just turned those other songs that we were working on together into a synth pop project because it wasn't a guitar driven rock band like Line Twist and it wasn't a synth driven dance band like like Monta. Hmm. It's someplace in the middle there. And uh, it was also the first time where I gave myself the permission to to be the vocalist. Oh. So I first started, time yep, first time first time. Exactly. So I started singing wow. that and you know, I'm still working on it. It's something that doesn't come naturally but but in I always hearken back to the, the story of how Donald Fagan started singing for Steely Dan. He had written all these songs and they had tried out all these vocalists, but nobody had the right attitude for him. So he just, he just became the singer. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he's got a very unconventional. Uh-huh. voice. So if he can do it, I can do it. Do
0: you, it. Uh, are you a football fan at all? Uh,
1: uh,
0: I follow the chiefs. Okay. um, You know who Tony Romo and Jim Nance are?
1: Mm. They call,
0: they're a, uh a broadcast a television oh, sure. broadcast yeah, okay. duo mm-hmm. um and romo is um not too terribly long ago he was the quarterback of the dallas cowboys oh and that's right he yeah gets, okay and then all of a sudden he's literally blowing minds because he's calling plays before they happen because mm-hmm. he could just by looking at formations oh yeah and it was i i think he's really great but um and then when he gets eventually i think Eventually, maybe always was paired with Jim Nance they, mm-hmm. they do. They're really good together. Yeah. Somebody wrote a piece on them. So that meant that they I don't know if they spent the weekend with them or just a whole Sunday. Uh-huh. But the piece kind of starts off in this drive through and maybe they're getting coffee. And um, Romo talks about uh, this sort of five hour um, warming up of uh-huh. his voice to call a three hour broadcast. Yeah. And you know he doesn't have like a real it's it's sort of like he came out of the womb a little horse uh, or maybe screaming on a as a quarterback sure. as a signal caller did some da- yeah but he to talk about football for three hours is basically spending five hours getting his voice ready sure sure and you know there's uh, a, a, across these a lot of conversations about uh, you know all the way to the the super, super heavy, throaty Mm -hmm. stuff and all the things you really got to do. You start looking up bands that have had vocalists that have done that, and inevitably it's like booked an 18-month tour and three months in canceled because they didn't do it right. Absolutely. And so it's a freaking fragile...
1: It truly is in my yeah.
0: imagination, delicate oh, yeah. uh, thing that if you don't nurture and mm-hmm. take. I mean, so yeah, of course you're still learning. But...
1: <laughs> yep, um, but it's fun, right? And so, um, so that that brings us to here. Okay. That's where we're
0: okay. Um, he's...
1: Oh well, no, there's two more things. <laughs> Go for it. One of them is that I do improvised ambient music with various other musicians in town in which we just get together and create weird sounds okay. and not weird as in unlistenable sure. just like it's just unscripted ambient music so we like to call it it's like jazz music but really quiet and spacey mm, that sounds fun <laughs> it, it is a lot of fun and i'm lucky to have some great collaborators in that regard and then i also play in uh, cure cover band.
0: Oh. And really? We
1: practice we 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 play like once a year now. Okay. But it was, it's just with That's some cool. other local musicians. It's a blast. Nice. It's just a fun thing we do at the end of the year to yeah, Sure. Uh have have, a, have have a ball.
0: You said something happened when the bass got put in your hands and I immediately are you are you a South Park guy?
1: Uh no. no? I I I kind of missed the boat on South Park okay. because it just over the years it was either during during a time I was raising a family or sure. going through my divorce. Right. And well,
0: so- uh, they have a, a, a black kid on mm. there whose name is Token. Mm. <laughs> uh, and at one point, they decided to form a band. And Cart- you know who Cartman is? Yeah. He's... Barking orders at people, and you're going to play the drums, and I'm going to be blah, blah, blah. And Token, you're going to p- play the bass. And he's like, I don't know how to play the bass. And he's like, God damn it, Token. You're going like, to play the bass. And he's like, I don't know how to play the bass. And he puts a bass in his hands and he goes, Play a bass line. And he's like, I'm telling you, I don't know how. He's like, Token, God. And also, well, he just busts this super fat riff out, and, and Token himself goes, God damn it. <laughs> um, so, of the things that we uh talked about uh aspera drugs dissimulation and vega um and moon eyes Mm -hmm. um all those were recorded in one spot or various spots we did
1: the first we did the first single vega and moon eyes at temple sounds which used to be down across the street from where the record bar is now okay and that was that was I actually, saw
0: that on the band camp, and yeah, the yeah, person's yeah. name is very familiar to uh,
1: me. Uh, Lynn Buck, yeah, yeah. How do I know that? He name? plays in some bands, okay, okay. Um, and uh, uh, really cool studio space is basically just one big room, and the control board set in there. It's a really organic vibe in there. And we just recorded those two songs, okay. And then the everything else we've done, we've done with Paul Malinowski over at Massive Sound,
0: okay. That name's like the, every episode it's coming oh, yeah. up more and more.
1: Well, There's your shiner t-shirt. Right oh there yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. So, yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. That's right. That's right.
1: He's, he's, he's the king and he really knows how to, how to get, how to get our sound. Okay. So he used cool. to run sound for us when we played at record bar and stuff. And, and, um, uh, him being a bass player too, really oh, nice. understands yeah. how how we want to get that sound. Cool. And so we just we've got six more songs recorded. Hey. That we need we need to just we just need two more songs. What
0: What is it about eight?
1: Um, if it were up to me, dissimulation
0: I, is eight I, tracks.
1: Dissimulation is eight. If it were up to me, I would release the six songs on a record because I grew up listening to EPs. Like, every, every band I listened to put out EPs. And they would do that because there were times where you didn't have enough songs to release on a record, but mm. your public wanted it. And... and
0: There are also times when those just really, really work.
1: They do. I.E., exactly.
0: Sap, and Jar of Flies, yeah. for, for me, sure. are the two that always come to mind first. Right, Like, and they... it's. It's like this, oh man, I, w- I wish there was more, but also that was really nice it, the way it was.
1: Exactly. I like this notion of it being a smaller collection. Sure. Right. Yeah. And, and pretty, like I had mentioned, pretty much in my entire album collection from the 80s, there's every one of those bands has EPs. Yeah. And, and um, I think that really just part of it is also a cost measure because. When you're when you're doing when you're releasing especially vinyl when you're releasing vinyl, it costs a lot of fucking money, and it costs a lot of money to get it pressed. It and costs mastered. a lot of money to buy it exactly. too. Exactly. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yep, it does. So I think that we basi- w- what we basically just got to a point where we we're like, well, it's going to cost the same amount of money for this object. We might as well just put them all together and and save ourselves some money to do that, so that it could all just be released at once. The <laughs> problem is, it's been. Five years since we've released a record and and we really just need to get we we, we just need to get who's it done. call
0: who's calling it a problem
1: who's calling it a problem yeah. I'm calling it a problem okay <laughs> are you alone in that no it you know what I'm not trying to make it sound like it's me against the rest of my band that's not a case no no I, that was yep no 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 it's 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 that it is that and it's not that it's a problem it's that our fans want more right so you you're like uh we've got these songs that we've been playing live for years but nobody can hear them because there may be di- there may be a couple of digital recordings mm. but people like music because they like music and we're we don't even have any more vinyl records of dissimulation we got like 10 copies left
0: and you that you can't run another well we could oh. but
1: but it's the same amount of money as it would be to release a new record. Mm. So we're just not going to do that. So it's really just a matter of. But it
0: will always be available digitally. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: And maybe one of these days we'll do a, sure. a, a pressing. So it's just, the, the, it's it, there's just a lot of logistics involved in it. Of course. Um, we've got songs in the hopper that we would like to record and haven't mm. done it yet. But, you know, the, 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 the pure fact of the matter is that there are five adults in the band who have other shit in their lives going on. Than just concentrating on music, yeah. right? Yeah, and so it's just going to happen when it happens. That's the that's right the best way, <laughs> I think. But so right. so
0: I, I I was a little bit serious and a little bit tongue in cheek by saying it's being called a problem by who? I mean, uh, it is uh, a way to get um, you know I'm really only. Uh, going to see shows of bands whose stuff I've listened to ahead of time. Um, So it's a way to give that to your people Mm -hmm. to perhaps grow your fan base. Uh, It's also, you know, uh, sort of, if you think of your token uh, television drama where there's a patient in the hospital and the, the screen, the EKG, you know, (laughs)
2: <laughs> like
0: putting putting something something sure. out is like uh yep. the pulse it's, it's exactly. still alive yep yep um but also uh i mean I just, the fellas that were over on saturday uh they we were, we talked a little bit about tool mm-hmm. i mean five records from 92 to 20 yeah. something yep. and i think for sure once if not twice 10 years yeah. in between Right. and it's like they're you could barely even measure the leaps and bounds that their fandom Mm -hmm. has grown across that. And they're just like, it is what it is, man. Exactly. And they're also, while that, you know, they're also like really private, you know, it's like, uh, just, we'll put stuff out for you to buy and listen to, and we'll, uh, book gigs for you to buy tickets and come, but that's all you get. Yeah. And you, you're going to get a hundred percent of it on our, our timeline, you know? Exactly.
1: No, you, and, and that's absolutely respectable. and, And we certainly wouldn't want to just rush out a bunch of half-assed, half-formed songs, right? And one of the reasons that we have released the two singles, and we're actually about ready to release another single here in October. Nice. um, Just to keep that heartbeat going, right? Because we do want to still have some relevance. yeah. And, and, um, you know, we've been really successful with, those digital singles too i mean they've made top the, the the top lists of the year cool every year wow because you know the the, the songs are good so it's great um you know i'm i'm uh, i'm just looking forward to the day that we've got a second record because sure. i think that that's it's going to fulfill this second second leg of the band's journey okay and um and then we'll see what happens after that
0: So, you practice weekly. If you have a gig, you work twice as hard. So (laughs) there's no uh, you get the week off. Uh, You've kind of across this all of these years been writing Mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, I gotta believe you have a vault of stuff that is never you maybe some stuff you've never shared with bandmates or some stuff that you did share and it never went anywhere. Yeah. And there's, so this... there's a
1: lot of that stuff lying around too. And
0: so, I mean, so are you, and I'm just, I'm not, I'm just logistically curious. Are you the primary songwriter for M line or does it, is it coming from
1: different? Um, yeah. I've written all those songs. Okay. And, but so when we... I say written, that means I come to the band with a demo and then at that point it then turns into something else right because what the other what the other band members contribute is 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 how do we want it how do we want to make this sound like it's not just a demo right can we put another part here can yeah, we do something different with the intro and and that's when the the rest of the band really shines as contributors because the starting point is Okay. Here's the song. Here's the chords. Here's some lyrics, and and we try to work it out. And sometimes, a a, a, a few times this has happened. We've tried out a song, and it just doesn't doesn't work. Yeah. Don't right? f- don't so, force it. Yeah. A couple of those songs have become static phantom songs. A couple of the songs just never never no, nothing ever happened with them beyond that. Or I'll chop them up and do something different with parts of it. Okay. That are cool. Yeah. You know. So nothing's ever completely gone, and um. Uh, but that's but what I love about working with everybody in Emmeline Twist is that th- the sound of that band has to be those five people. Of course, it has to be. Of course, and and um, and so they're going to bring not only their flair for yeah. the the performance, but they're going to they're going to take anything I've written and make it like 18 times better because I'm really lit just putting. The most minimal stuff together to get the outline of the song together, right? And
0: showing them the bones, right, and exactly. the organs and flesh and precisely, personality. Precisely,
1: and, it, it doesn't. It doesn't become a song until we, as a band, make it.
0: But that way. you, you, we just need to. I mean, <laughs> so uh, do they know that, that that's how you feel?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, we we have we have we talk about this all the time. Okay, we all know that we need some some more music, but the, it really just comes down to we just, we, it hasn't, we, we haven't had the time. Okay. Right? With okay. everybody's, with the life that everybody has. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I, i not telling you anything you don't already know, but I, I, I really, uh, tend more often than not to find value in that, uh, it'll happen when it happens oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and sometimes a wait is so long and frustrating and, but it always, when it's done, you're like, Oh, I'm, you yeah. know, I like how that. Ended up unfolding.
1: I think that I think that the the challenge for for me is that I love what we do so much that I just want more from it,
2: mm. mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah. And 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 I want to hear what more we can do, and I sure. want other people to hear more what we can do. Right? Music is music is sh- is, is the sharing of an experience. Right. Right. It's it's not a passive thing. Like you no. buy a piece of art or you go to a museum, you're watching passivity, right? You're, something is, has, has been made concrete, and that's the only way it is. But with music, every time we play a song, whether it's at practice or at a show or on recording, it's a little bit different and then that becomes that version of it. Right. And it'll never be exactly like that again. <laughs> right. And and the beauty of music is to be to revisit that. Yeah. Like let's bring that feeling back. Let's do that thing again. Nice. I love playing that song. Oh, these fans like that stuff. Oh, this audience is going to be into this particular thing, right? It's 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 setting up a happening in time that that You know, (laughs) it's it. I I hate to use this word again because it sounds trite, but there's there's a mat, there's magic that happens in that, yeah. And it's there's a timeless quality, and it's something that I'm just have always been addicted to from a very young age, like as we've been talking about this musical journey. And there's nothing wrong with wanting more, no, you also can't force things, right? So, there are songs that. Any number of the bands or musical projects that I have could be working on at any amount of time. But it's just a matter of like everything has to be in the right place right. for us to be able to make that happen. Right. So
0: So you have a spot for where you guys have a a, a regular uh, time and day yeah. that you practice. Mm-hmm. You have a spot where you go uh, to record stuff. You're connected uh, with venues around town and right. other bands. I mean, so like all the things that need to be plugged in are right. Yeah. It's it's sort of you know churning along and that's and, right. And, good, good. Yeah. Um. So let's see here. Um. I, you know. I keep thinking that I'll get to the point where, when somebody sends me a list, it won't blow my mind, <laughs> uh, because it's because it's hard. Uh, it's hard not to see uh, tendencies or eras, right? Or if something's all over the, that, kind of stands yeah. out too. Uh, even um, the amount of time uh, it takes people to turn you know to give me one yeah some i've said this a bunch of times some there's it's like some people got to deliberate for just a second some people got to deliberate for a long time and some people it's like they were waiting to be asked and they're like here you know um so thank you for uh sending me your list um and it might be uh the the most confined to an era uh, oh, I'm sure that I've seen, uh, and and you know, um, looking at it on paper, uh, it's like, I mean, it was this forced. Did he? You know, was he? Is he trying to say something? <laughs> to that? But now that I've heard your story, it makes perfect sense, yeah. uh, considering where you started, mm. the places you've been, the the musician, the the experiences that you've had as a mm. mus- musician. Um, and it's it's just super cool. Uh, cool. So I always like to run through it uh, in order of release. Cool. Uh, And yours. uh, This has happened once or twice where uh, uh, somebody has more than one record that came out in the same year. Yeah. And and uh, each time that has happened, I'm like ooh, and then I because then I gotta go look at month and date, and they're always like within just a handful of weeks of each other. Yeah. Which turned out to be true here um Before we do that yes. can I use
1: a washer do it Thank do you it, so yeah. much. Okay. I appreciate all your, your, your your questioning and the research you've done and everything so this is a lot of fun well good All right I'm ready
0: okay so um, we're starting off in 1980 with uh, Ultravox's Vienna oh, yes. uh, which is the fourth of 11. 11- that they put out nine tracks, 43 minutes.
1: Yes! Oh, wow. I
0: realized <laughs> um, that I'm not sure if I have the right version because it, it appears that there's a European and then a North American. Um yes. The one I picked leads off with Astrodine. Yep. Um, which was wicked cool and an unexpected journey. Ballsy, it's like a seven-minute... Yeah, minute, long, some, you instrumental. Know, f- yep. For a 1980 lead-off mm-hmm. track. Uh, w- really bold move. Um, so... How did you discover these guys, and uh, what is the rest of their discography like?
1: Oh my gosh! So, Midge Ure is one of my all-time musical heroes. So he's he was the singer in this version of Ultravox. Ultravox had two versions. Actually, they had three versions, but this is what everybody considers their classic lineup. Okay. So he joined the band in '79 um but before that he had been in a number of musical (laughs) projects he had been in a he's scottish Mm. and he had been in a band called um slick s-l-i-k as a teenager and they were basically like a a bay city rollers also ran kind of band for also from scotland huh and um then he was in a band with Glenn Matlock from the Sex Pistols. Okay. So when Glenn Matlock left the Sex Pistols and Sid Vicious took over hit that spot, he started a band called the Rich Kids. Huh. And Midjure was the singer in that band. Oh, wow. And they were, they I think, they, I can't even remember how many records they did. Maybe one. Um And then, weirdly enough, and this is one of my favorite rock and roll stories, that Midjure... Played guitar for Thin Lizzy on a tour because oh, wow. he was friends with Phil Lynott. Okay. And and so subbed in with Thin Lizzy. Then he was in a band, uh, an electronic band, doing musical production with uh, called, called Visage. Now in Visage.
0: Is that V I S A G E? Okay. V-I-S-A-G-E?
1: And Visage was basically a, a musical project that brought together a very fam- flamboyant vocalist who was part of that same scene that like boy George and the new romantics came up in, mm-hmm. in the late seventies. Um, uh, and so mid wrote all the music for that project and it included members of the band magazine, hmm. uh, who one of those members was the guitar player, John McAlk, who went on to play with Susie and the Banshees. Hmm. Barry Adamson, who was the bass player for uh, magazine as well, went on to play with Nick Cave. Okay. And have a solo career with, with himself. Uh, Rusty Egan uh, was a very famous DJ in that scene during that time. And, and
0: good friends with Dusty Street. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: he, may have, he may have been. Um, and then, so during that time, there was also... Um, uh, another guy in the band who was Billy Curry, who was the keyboard player okay. for Ultravox, hmm. and Billy Curry had also gone on tour with Gary Newman. Oh, so while 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 uh, so during this weird lull between the two versions of Ultravox, uh, Billy Curry went off on tour with Gary Newman. At and the Gary same time. Newman
0: had an outfit right. called. Uh...
1: Well, so he was original. The band was originally called Two Boy Army. Yes, and then he was just Gary Newman.
0: But he put out uh, that band's debut and his solo debut in the same year. That's right. So for exactly. all of this multi-project musician crazy stuff right? that is your life.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, that's exactly right. This these this is what these guys were doing. Wow. And they've even admitted they're like, well, what else were we? Supposed I to mean, do, right. right? And um,
0: our parents don't want us to do drugs, man. Right.
1: Well, I'm sure there was plenty of drugs, <laughs> right, but right. they were all they were adults at the time. So anyhow, coming off of the heels of that Visage project, Billy Curry had asked Midger, hey.
0: Which, uh, M-I-D-G-E? Is
1: M-I-D-G-E, yes. And then his
0: last name is?
1: U-R-E interesting it's very so it, it it's 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 not his real name his real name is james okay um but jim midge it's sort of like a reverse oh, spelling gotcha, of oh gotcha gotcha so, um uh anyhow they he billy curry said hey we need we need a new singer we're we want to keep going on with the band right um because their prior singer had gone off to do a solo record they basically took all the influence of these electronic things that they were doing with visage created this album huh. uh, vienna by ultravox and of course it was a massive hit because wow. of the song vienna
0: okay okay yeah. i didn't uh, i didn't i didn't see that yeah um but uh so the rest of their stuff is are you familiar with it oh yeah and, and yeah yeah do so, you enjoy it all as much as this one yeah, why I do. is this one get a spot on your
1: this one gets the spot because it was the first one okay fair enough and and there's also something that still still is a little bit more uh synth pop and electronic about this record versus some of their later stuff which became a little bit more especially in the later 80s mid 80s -hmm. became a little bit more over polished and poppy right yeah and and while the records were still good the production value just wasn't the same okay and and it it was i probably the third incarnation of the band was like 86 or 87 and they had lost a couple of members huh. they just couldn't find couldn't really find them sure. at that point um but this record is just so classic and the three records that or the two two or three records that came after it were just so they were all great nice um, but this was the beginning of it. And the aesthetic of it, the artwork, the, it was just the entire package. Sure. Everything about it. Sure. You watch live concert footage of them at this time. It's just like, this band is so cool. Yeah. And, well, you,
0: you that notion of whenever it was, admit when it's all over-polished, and mm-hmm. uh, it's interesting that you say that the, the records are just as good, it's just that the production is not. Yeah. But that over polished whatever that is, it, you know, as if you've never like uh, dived into this genre ah. or these, that's what you that's what I associate, you know, new wave, new, whatever. Yeah. All of it is mm-hmm. just, it's stamp like, and, and here's our <laughs> new record. Right. So to do, to, to check out some of these records, it's like, Oh, Okay, now this is more like uh, the the roots of the movement or the movements, yeah. and yes. uh, I, I, I'm sure that you're correct in saying that the, the records were just as good. But it's almost like the integrity is a little more palpable than whatever sampling I had gotten along the way. <laughs> if that makes any sense, it, it
1: does. I think that that when when I think that it's easy to look at a genre of music from its most commercial and probably worst part of it because that was the part that was the most exposed. Right. So, you know, just like when you think, when people think about 70s music, they think disco, right? Or 60s and they think hippie music. Right. Right. Or they think 50s and they think Elvis, Greaser yeah. Rock, yeah. right? And, and, and certainly there was a lot more stuff going on, but when a movement is in its nascent period and there's, and these, and these great word these 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 groups are trying to figure it out right that's that's where the magic really is right and as soon as it starts to become a commodity and this and when i say this i mean like to me the death year of all this music that we're talking about was about 85 86 because now it was like these bands had all, some of these bands had become like world famous, you know, and the production value had become slicker and more polished and more commercialized. And, you know, even as a teenager, you're like, Oh, I don't like them anymore. They sold out. Right. And that's what, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about that they're not taking risks anymore. They're not, they're, 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 or maybe they're they're not allowed to, well, remember we talked about earlier, as soon as somebody else's money's involved, Uh Right. That's what happens. Yeah. Right. Suddenly it is not your product anymore. Mm. You are part of a larger brand offering. Yeah. A brand offering. Exactly. So if you're on Warner Brothers, well, you're going to play by Warner Brothers rules or you're going to play by Geffen's rules or or everything. And so the bands that have succeeded over time, you know, if we want to use an example from that particular time, we can use U2. Right, they started out young, scrappy. Nobody knew what to make of Boy, them. Boy, War, of, October. Right? Yeah, sort of post-punk, sort of new wave, sort of rock and roll. What the hell are they? They were kind of just left to gestate, and then when they, when they finally got to the point of Joshua Tree, it changed everything. Right, the world changed to meet their what they put out. It wasn't. It was the opposite way that normally. It Wild. Was, yeah. Right, and so um but you know now these days you could uh, you could you could argue that you know U2's no better than any other sell band they still I still am very much a fan of Joshua Tree and earlier U2 stuff <laughs> oh uh, yeah. fascinating yeah.
0: um uh my group of buddies um you know uh, in high school, I mean, we're still buddies, but you know, we did our running around together in high school, and some of them continued in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was um, really the artist where I felt like I was deviating. Mm-hmm. And it's like um, everything that they put out, these guys just couldn't get enough. Mm-hmm. And it was like, with each record that followed Joshua Tree, mm-hmm. I was a little more like, I don't. Know. And it's like, no, they're reinventing. And I was like, but what the thing that they're reinventing, is not for me. Right. I mean, I, I mean, uh, and and I'm not a scholar. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I do know the earlier stuff up and up to Joshua Tree yeah. pretty well, and then the the first two albums after i i know pretty well mm-hmm. and, and then I, I i didn't like willfully reject i just right. was going somewhere else yeah. um yeah. but i uh and i i tried to fight that like the this rejoicing of yeah. and and they were i think both sides were equally confused yeah <laughs> I, I was like right. i don't understand like yeah. why and what? they're like there's something wrong with you you know <laughs> it's like
1: i guess maybe there is
0: i don't know but no, i'm glad you that mentioned that
1: yeah absolutely um, I will say I said up to Joshua Tree, but I really love Octung Baby. Okay, yeah, that. <laughs> that's a, somebody that has made yep.
0: somebody's list, and it was a joy to yes. revisit that. Oh yeah, it's. I think it's the one right after that where I was like, yeah, nope, yep, sorry, I,
1: I, I, I jumped ship after. That. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Ultravox. They they did this thing where because because Midge Ure was a rock guitarist and they mixed that rock guitar with this very sterile or 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 you know very sterile electronic sound mm. that 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 is just bridged they were one of the first bands to really do that yeah okay and and that's why that was kind of a a thing so when 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 you look at what new wave was trying to do and the more successful new wave it was like if they were going to get on the radio they had to have some rock guitar so find that thing, <laughs> but but even up up through the '80s, the more successful band or the bands that became more successful through the '80s had still had rock guitar in them. NXS, U two, yeah, right. Those types of bands that were you know uh, that that had that combination of stuff. But the, this record, they they recently re- did a, a like a 40th anniversary release of this. And it had all these songs. These bonus tracks were actually the B-sides mm-hmm. on on certain EPs and singles. Um, but the, the the anniversary issue also comes with a live album. Oh, cool. And it's just like, what's astounding is you think, oh, well, somebody's just programming all those keyboards in the studios. Nobody's really playing those things. But you hear the live record, and it's just like, they're well, ripping that up. It, it,
0: I was already. The next point I was going to make mm. uh, was to touch on uh, what you said a second ago. Of it's always easy to look at the most commercialized, mm. um, and so uh, that point, in in you know, in addition to the one that you just made, mm. uh, it goes back to that you know that stamp. All all of this sounds. I don't know what it sounds like but part of what not knowing what it sounds like, it's like, it, it's almost like, is this, is this cheating? Like, you know, because <laughs> like the, the love for a studio album mm-hmm. is that whole thing to me, even to the point where now somebody else's money is involved, but it's like, uh, artist a mm-hmm. comes to the group of musicians with a collection of songs, or maybe it's a collab collective kind of mm-hmm. thing. And, and, and then you've, flush them out you Mm -hmm. make them the bands right and then okay now we're ready to record and maybe uh especially i don't i don't know about now but i mean in the 70s you would this huge chunk of time Mm -hmm. that's probably being bought with somebody else's money Mm -hmm. but you gotta we gotta all gotta show up and do the thing and put in all the and okay here's the end product and uh, and, uh, cover art and uh, track listing and Mm -hmm. what's what's Some, there's probably some broken hearts because track X didn't make it. And this member totally wanted, but but here's the final product Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And it was this whole, all of these people and engineers. And, and then you listen to some of this stuff in that, uh, easiest to access, Mm -hmm. uh, most commercial. And it's like, I I don't, is any of that in there or is it just a dude with a, you know what I'm saying? But Uh, exactly. this is sort of uh, the man behind the curtain. You say, "Oh yeah, man! This mm-hmm. is uh, these are legitimate folks with right. years of of um, s- studying and learning and teaching. And, exactly, and it's, it's cool. It's yeah. really cool stuff. Yeah, um, we leap two years forward. New Gold Dream oh. by Simple Minds, oh. Twenty records these guys oh yeah including one from last year they are
1: you know their look their most recent record is great okay and so uh moore who is my partner in monta and in static phantoms he's the only other person i know that is as big of a simple minds fan as i am that's funny and and he actually he turned me on to their more recent stuff and they they decided to do that thing too where it's just like look we had our our commercial success and ebbs and flows, but this is what we love to do. We're going to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. And so they actually reimagine the band a couple of times. Bold. Yeah. And the, and the, the band that they have right now plays these old songs, they'll go out on tour and feature a particular album from their past, or they'll do, you know, a whole bunch of new songs. And they just, they still sound vital wow and 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 it's to what you were just describing there they found people that they weren't hiring as they weren't hiring as studio musicians they were hiring as band members who were going to contribute to their sound cool and so that's Big just difference. what they do yeah exactly and and you know th- this is one of those bands that you still s- will see them play festivals or going on tour, and they're just as vital as they, as That's they have ever been. Because,
0: yeah. you know, uh, again, uh, unfortunately, uh, in my, at least in my case, mm-hmm. uh, and again, another reason, you know, like uh, for doing this, uh, if you want to add a fourth leg to the stool, is mm-hmm. like at some point um, I acquired, unfortunately, a, a large a uh, layer of music snobbery. And it was like, <laughs> sure. This is the start of the line for good taste. Yeah. If you want to <laughs> learn. And I, oh, we've all been there. I don't know. It was yeah. like, I'm on a unicycle juggling yeah. bowling pins and it just forever until yeah. it's like, Jesus dude, like that's not so right. like, I want to know what you're into. And, yeah. and uh, exactly. so, um, if I was handed a handbill for a festival that had, Simple Minds on it. Mm. That old snobby knee-jerk. <laughs> These fucking guys are just trying to make a buck. Right. and. But nope, they put out 20 freaking records. Exactly. Um, yeah, they just kept it going. You 2 mm-hmm. uh, allegedly considered this album an influence when they were recording oh, Unforgettable yes, Fire. That's true. Which somebody else had on their list and was also an mm-hmm. absolute treat to revisit. Yeah. Um, I think I always just... I mean, sometimes I'll put on the older stuff, but mm-hmm. if I get that... You two itch. I, I'm. I'll. I'll go right to Joshua Tree. Oh yeah. And most of the time, it scratches it. Oh yeah. And sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Um, I was not able to determine. This one has uh, nine tracks. Runs forty six yep. minutes. What's the eight eight one eight two eight three eight four thing all about?
1: So, so there's a stand. There's, it's kind of the chorus of that song. Oh. So what I missed that. Yeah. So so the song's called New Gold Dream, which is the first lyric in the in the song. Okay. And then um, the the chorus is sort of a chant and they sing those numbers 81 82 83 84. Oh. And okay. so that's, that's
0: that's that's I saw it in in one way it was uh, hyphenated and then another way it had dashes And then, you know, one place listed it with, as a parenthetical to the album title. And then (laughs) over here, it was just the track. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, what is this, like, some secret language? Yeah, it's
1: really just, it's like any song that they have to, like, say, oh, you might know it because they sing this part. (laughs) Gotcha, gotcha, okay.
0: Um, So this is uh, three years uh, before most of the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Would discover them via the Breakfast Club, right? Don't you forget about me? Yep. So, like, uh, when that came out from that soundtrack, mm-hmm. you already knew these guys.
1: Oh yeah! In fact,
0: that's bananas. That
1: for 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 the diehard Simple Minds fans, that was the end of the road. No. Yes, because it was like, oh, they've sold out now. No, They're doing okay. this, sure, sure. Right? And and it wasn't that that's a bad song. It's got all the ingredients, and it's actually still. The classic lineup of that band. Okay. But after that, their bass player left, and their bass player at that point in time was this guy named Derek Forbes, who was, as, to me, as a bass player at the time, was such a huge influence. Oh wow! Because okay. he was just such a great bass player, and these songs are really bass driven, and keep and and it's it's similar similar textures to this Ultrabox mm. stuff. Mm-hmm. But there was something a little bit more. Oh, I don't even know what the. I don't even know what the word is. Um, uh, I don't. I don't. I don't know really how to explain it. But all the same qualities are in there. But the other, the secret weapon on this record was the guitarist, and his name is Charlie Burchill, mm. and he was doing. You had mentioned the u two thing. He was doing that delayed guitar thing before The Edge was doing it. Okay. And he was also... he. You two fans, cover your ears. Right, right. And um, so that was a big influence. Like, he was doing that, but he also was doing his guitar textures in a way that was underneath all the other layers. Ooh. Normally, a guitar is, like, way up front. Forward, yeah. Right? But he played guitar in a way that sounded like, is that a synthesizer? What the hell's going on there? And um uh so... Just this album was the perfect combination of time of a band being together, experience of a band being together, what was going on in the music scene during the, the, during that period. Uh, it's 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 just beautiful and spacious and huge, and and to me, it's 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 all it will always be their best record.
0: So, for diehard Simple Minds fans. Mm that track from that soundtrack was the end of the road well you that say drastic you say uh that the re- all the records up until even the one from last year are just as vital Yeah they and, and they've reinvented mm-hmm. so which i guess I, which one is it or where do you fit in
1: well so i actually have the same relationship with this band that i do with depeche mode okay. which is i really loved everything they did up to a certain point okay and then i just kind of like stopped caring for a while Mm. and then then the the, like the most recent depeche mode record is the most depeche mode record they've released since violator in my opinion
0: and they just toured in support of it right right Right? that's right and folks were pretty jazzed oh yeah okay
1: yeah and um and so Simple Minds just kind of fell off my radar because they're sure. not being kind of commercially pushed anymore, right? So I'm like, eh, whatever. I'm fine with listening to the old stuff. But then go- coming back and rediscovering their work over the past decade, I'm like, oh, I missed out on a lot <laughs> because this is really good.
0: At least you're right? here now, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So part of it is the music snobbery of a teenager. Like you're saying, is like, ah, oh, I'm done. I know,
0: but at 20 and 30, I'm yeah. still carrying it's like yeah. an old shirt yeah. that I exactly.
1: can't you know, there's some, there's some stuff that just does that. So anyhow, as a guitarist, this record meant a lot to me, too, because of the fact that the textures that he's doing really influence a lot of my playing right now. Cool. Yeah. Very
0: cool. Uh, it almost... The, the texturing of that guitar playing, it's almost like I can see a line to mm-hmm. the... Uh, the baritone where you strummed it oh yeah and you're like that's my forever <laughs> sound
1: that that that's exactly it there's a there's a few bands and i i didn't include oh actually i don't know what else is on the list um there's a band called the chameleons okay. that was also doing the delayed mm. guitar and as as corny as their legacy is those first two Flock of Seagulls records also employed that same kind of guitar thing, and I just love that stuff. Nice. Love it. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, So let's see here. I mean, I just, again, hats off to them. for. for I know different (laughs) folks in different iterations, but 20 records is, uh, no one can, you know. That's right. Say, it's just... They're not resting on I, their laurels, that's hit, for sure. Hitting double digits yeah. is phenomenal. Yeah. If you put out 10 records, yeah. fucking standing O. Yeah. 20? Yeah, it's,
1: it's impressive.
0: Bro. Um, So then we move to 84, where we've got the two that were kind of released uh-huh. within a handful of weeks. Uh, And April 6th of 84, we get to Pop, mm-hmm. Tones on Tail.
1: Yes. Um,
0: And I love that they um discography sort of mirrors something we were talking about just a little bit ago Mm -hmm. because this is it for them yeah it's their only lp however three eps half a dozen singles and a few compilation albums right uh but this one is their lone studio Mm -hmm. nine tracks 39 minutes short and sweet um how did they land in your life
1: oh this this band almost brings me to tears oh man and 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 it's so weird because it, it it's one of there were a few bands that i i i really grasped onto during that formative time of playing my bass in my bedroom as a teenager and the very first song i ever heard from them and it is on this record Oh no, it's not on this record. Oh no, that's okay. <laughs> it's on a, It's on a, It's on one of their EPs. Okay, a song it, called, even more fitting. Yeah, it's a song called Twist. Okay, ironically, <laughs> right? Coincidentally, and and it it came out of the stereo in such a haunting manner that like, and it was so completely different than anything else that was being played on there that I'm like, what is this band? And then I found out that it was this side project of two of the members of Bauhaus. Yeah. Daniel Ash and Kevin Haskins. Yeah.
0: Who would later form... Love and Rockets. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So I had already been a Bauhaus fan, but this didn't sound like Bauhaus. This sounded like some kind of... And, and Daniel Ash used the term mutant pop music because he was basically just trying to do something so bizarre that that like kind of like threw everything but the kit and the kitchen sink into these odd little pop songs. Mm-hmm. And... Like, so he would take a 50s guitar and match it with a weird, spooky, watery, chorusy, fretless bass and the drums being played like a little drum machine. Like, you, you know, that it it was taking odd, spooky instruments and putting them together and making these strange little songs.
0: I got to tell you, man, uh, lions as the opener, very alluring. I was like, shit, dude, I am fucking in. And it was a fun little journey. And then they never, it just, they departed from that. And it's, it, I, I expected to be disappointed and to check out, Uh, but each subsequent track was like more different than the one that preceded it. And I was like, I don't not like this. Right. So I'm like sticking, kind of like kicking rocks, but sticking around and like, this is fucking fascinating, man.
1: And that's exactly right. It's like, it was almost like, because of the fact that he, he was trying to do something so different and, and this actually is going to be a nice segue into the, the, which what I think is the next one on the list is that you've got these. You've got these people who have the weight of their prior band oh, on their man, shoulders, fuck. right? I, and, ayahuasca, come on, yeah, and 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 <laughs> so when 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 they get to this place where they're like, "I'm gonna do everything the complete opposite of how I've done it before,"
0: mm-hmm. yeah, cleanse it, purify, right, fresh start,
1: and and it challenges them. As musicians and us as listeners to recontextualize what we're what how what our relationship is with them and so suddenly while well, i'm not listening to goth music like Bauhaus which was very glam rock in glam rock and punk rock put together that's what that's what Bauhaus was
0: and, and sort of uh, uh goth Soundtrack, yeah, or, 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 exactly. Uh, like uh, outfit or costume, exactly.
1: Yeah, so it was very, very much, you know, the 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 trappings of everything that was supposed to be goth. Now, when Daniel Ash said, "Well, instead of black, we're going to wear white, and instead of playing big, loud, distorted guitars, we're going to play weird fifty sounding guitars." Hmm. And like, so he just finding some other ways to express, but to get to the same goal, which is making something weird and different and dark and spooky.
0: It's like uh, if you are a third grade teacher Mm -hmm. for 15 years Mm -hmm. and every single year uh, the family of every student in your classroom adores you. Your kids love – they're going to remember you forever. Yeah, And after 15 years they're like – now go do it to juniors right. in high school, and it's uh, not going to be 20. It's going to be uh, 90s <laughs> or whatever. And you have to bring uh, the enthusiasm and the energy and mm-hmm. the preparedness every day, and you need every mind and body in that room dialed in. And, right. And it's a lot of weight yeah. to you know move into that new exactly. realm, I would think.
1: Yeah, and you have to completely... There's there's two things that are going on there. You have to like really trust that what your your vision is is correct, and and follow that and have that confidence. But then to also, I, I mean, I honestly believe that Daniel Ash did not give a shit that if anything happened with this band. Okay, well but, there's
0: there's some value in that.
1: Absolutely. But what's funny is, and you mentioned Love and Rockets, Love and, the that first Love and Rockets album was essentially the second tones on tail record because those oh, wow. those songs and the way that they're constructed and produced and everything oh. was the logical con- uh, extension of what what he did on this record this tones on tail album and um so any of those songs could have been tones on tail songs
2: wow yeah wild
1: and it just actually just got better because david j was able to contribute a lot more okay. to it to okay. make it love and rockets but the, but, it's in essence the same blueprint. It's like, huh. what are we going to do that's not Bauhaus, but it's still still cool and dark and right. weird and lets us grow.
0: Nice. So. Well, uh, so April 6th and then May 4th, uh-huh. the top, the, the top. cure. Yep. Were you right? Yep. Okay. Fifth uh, to thirteen, ten tracks, 40 minutes. Um, this band... <laughs> Um, so I've had a, um, in addition to this snobbery, I've had I've had a number of uh, occasions, you know, uh, in the last 20 years or whatever, I mean, probably across mm-hmm. my whole music listening life, where there's uh, a a, a, lo- a loud voice uh, mm-hmm. in support of Band X. Mm-hmm. And eventually enough people sit and you're like, I, all right, I gotta, and you know, a lot of times, uh, I sit down with those bands and I'm like, that shit is just not for me, man. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I, you know, I don't necessarily label it. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going this way now. Sure. And then circle back years later, I'm like, shit, that's really good. Yeah. And so um, when I started this, it felt like I just couldn't get away from Wilco Records. Yeah. And that's a band <laughs> that I had done that for. Yeah. Um, I've since learned that, like, I'm not sure they've ever put out two albums that weren't just, you know, complete spectrums apart. I mean, absolutely. Every time I'm like, geez, man, they've really got a a big bag of tricks. Yeah. Um, And uh, the cure is another one. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're um, you yours uh, lands. Um. The, so the uh, three others have been featured, and they are so. There's yours, and then there's another one, and then it's bam, 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 and mm-hmm. uh, kiss, kiss me, kiss me, kiss me, disintegration. Yeah.
1: So it's the top, and then head on the door. Yep. Kiss me, kiss me, kiss me, disintegration.
0: And then the one after that.
1: The one after that is wish.
0: Wish. So yep. those three have all made. Anyway, Cure and Wilco. Yeah. Two bands nice. that I had in, in a previous moment in my life, uh-huh. being like, mm, you guys Never can keep be, that. Yeah. Uh, they're like the most appeared artists, <laughs> which it's I, so like, I really, really had a, a, a pigeonholed cure as X. Yeah. And not, not for me. I get it. And, and I listened to one, whatever the one of those that was first. And I was ah. like, Oh, that was pretty good. And then the next one I was like, it's pretty good. And not like, and then the third one it's, you can almost see the maturation. Yeah. Not that this first one was, Anyway, so right. you're, and I'm like, well, okay, that's that's a, a little bit out of left field. Yeah. It's it's not that uh, uh, wheelhouse that I've gotten right. to know just a little bit. Uh, and I, again, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, they. Uh, track four give me give me it i don't think yeah. i've heard him be that heavy oh yeah uh and then uh, dressing up mm-hmm. um is very funky mm-hmm. and fun yep um and that's not to say that those two elements are happening anywhere else on the, right. the, re- the whole record because they're also kind of you know each song is just it's full of uh unexpected twists and turns and surprises exactly. and um. So, uh, thirteen records for them. Mm-hmm. This is a special one for you. I, I'm assuming you know
1: oh, their yes. stuff. Oh yes. The Cure is. I mean, if 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 I had to get rid of all of my records except for one band, it would be The Cure. Damn. And 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 it's. I can constantly. I can always go back to a Cure album. Love every song on it. Sing every song on it play every song on it and 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 find that 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 place as a listener that the magic always happens and and it does not matter and they they he robert smith is i know that it sounds i don't think that robert smith gets the credit as a musician as that as he deserves because one of the things is he's always being looked at as the goth the goth you know the the ultimate goth singer not a lot of extra credit points exactly globally speaking right but the music and the production and the writing and the poetry and the guitar playing you know uh, all the things that he is as a musician are 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 absolutely inspirational to me as a musician so even back to his the first record that you know he even admits that he was trying to be more kind of like a even punkier version than Elvis Costello back mm. at the time mm-hmm. right he was very mission accomplished yeah, i think yeah that fir- the the first record is, is that it's it's these little odd little pop songs and angry little pop songs like not quite punk but pu- they have the energy and then they go into the more dour stuff that yeah. gets dow- more dour up through <laughs> pornography but the top was came at a point in his career as a musician that much like what the, this Tones on Tail thing was is that he was trying to break his own mold and he had gotten himself into this place after that pornography record where he went off and played like he stopped doing the Cure he went off and played guitar with, with Susan the Banshees okay and then, then decided to just kind of like do everything different. So he did this side project with Steve Severin from Susie and the Banshees called The Glove, which was like a prototype for, 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 for the top. It was all this odd, weird music, a lot like this Tones on Tail thing, right? They're just trying to cool. do... They just took a bunch of drugs and did a bunch of weird songs. And it was brilliant. And then he took what he learned from that and did... A string of singles there was love cats and uh uh, let's go to bed and these kind of like okay if i'm going to do something as the cure again it's going to be completely different from before and i'm going to i don't give a shit anymore
0: and mad respect i'm going to
1: blow up my old image and i'm going to do this weird thing and and turns out everybody really dug it (laughs) and so he did this album the top with those same musicians he had done those singles with and kind of refound or found a new definition of what he could do as a musician, which hmm. was, I don't have to just play all dirty music. I can get really playful.
0: Another great word.
1: I can get really, really like I can I can explore jazz themes. I can explore, you know, stuff that would be more 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 non traditional from the genre that I helped birth. Right. And and so the top was just a giant experiment of that. Wow. And that's why I love that record so much. A lot of Cure fans dismiss the top because it's not it's exactly what I just described. It's not an entire album full of really heavy stuff or an entire it's 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 an entire album of very playful stuff. And I and I've just always admired that that he didn't take himself so seriously that he could create this playfulness in the and 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 have it balance this this the the dour depressive stuff. Hmm. And so from that point on he ha- he then had a recipe. Um so the head on the door was a became a big hit because of in between days and close to me and the more poppier songs that are on that record but it also has these big You know, dour, longer meditations Mm. that he had been he had done on his earlier records, like on Faith, uh, um, and then would continue to do up through um, uh, Disintegration. Okay. Right. So. um,
0: Yeah. The the things that have really blown me away by checking out now four of theirs mm -hmm. uh, track length, Mm -hmm. uh, texture, and instrumentation. Yeah. Because I had this is. Robert Smith, Nick here. This is what they look like. This is what they sound like. Yep. Just whatever. One CD is another CD yep. is another track. Is mm-hmm. it? And then it's like, oh, my gosh, yeah. I'm so embarrassed. Like, thank God I wasn't tweeting about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I get it. And, you know, because, again, on the surface, what non-Cure fans see is these guys with this goofy hair. Yeah. And lipstick and and like what is that? What is up with that? Right? Yeah. Didn't you
0: guys ever see a picture of Jimmy Page? That's how you're supposed (laughs) to look. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, but you know, he's he's dedicated to that, and and the music is it really is it's as timeless as anything in rock and roll. It's pretty wild, man. It really,
0: I mean, they are. I hate to keep coming back to you know a a number Mm -hmm. of your releases having such value Mm -hmm. but i mean 13 records uh there's probably not any that suck no i mean
1: uh (laughs) there there are some lesser successful records and 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 they they come in later in the time period well but,
0: but but They definitely have earned a spot at oh, the sure. table, Absolutely. you know, Absolutely. when you're discussing all-time greats. Absolutely. I
1: mean, um, totally agree.
0: So uh, we'll move to the extreme sure. <laughs> end of your little window. Yes. Uh, 1985. First and last and always, uh. which is... An amazing name uh for for a record yeah uh, the Sisters of Mercy yes. nineteen eighty five yep first of three uh ten tracks forty five minutes um singer songwriter Andrew Eldritch yep. and a drum machine called dr Avalanche yes, the only points of continuity across those three records that's
1: exactly right which so, is just wild it well so <laughs> I have there's this there is a a, a a special dark place in my heart for Sisters of Mercy. I've read multiple books about cool. the band. I love it. And and this album was the you know, it, it this wasn't their debut record. They had multiple EPs and singles before this. Okay, okay. So so what had happened was they Andrew Eldritch is a real character. He's almost like the anti Robert Smith. Interesting. Um which is funny because people, you know, you, uh, on the surface, you'd look at them in their prime and think that they were like brothers. Huh. Um, but what 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 Andrew Eldritch wanted to do was just go darker and darker and darker and darker. OK. Right. And he wanted to do the same thing over and over and over. Oh, and over boy. Again. So what his buckle up. Yeah. So what his what his goal was, was just to, to refine what he did to the nth degree. And so. So whether it was his vocals, whether it was the production, whatever, he just wanted to get darker and heavier and darker and heavier. Hmm. And um this record, and I could I could probably talk all night just about Sisters of Mercy. Um, um, but the thing about them that makes this record so great, I'm just like sitting here admiring this album, this 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 album art is that the singular singularity of Andrew Eldritch's vision through the entire thing is what makes that band successful. And that if you look at the very first singles up through this this one, they all look like they are all perfectly packaged the exact same way.
0: For real? Absolutely.
1: Not with the Um... same artwork, but but with the same fonts. The same feel i'm
0: embarrassed to admit how appealing that is to me i mean it's <laughs> i don't know if that's uh, uh ocd or what what it is well, but, I, but I, I like that
1: well and that was kind of his thing and and whether or not he was ever diagnosed with ocd
0: for me yeah liking something like that well just, yeah anyway. and,
1: and 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 him that same way which was like he's going to create consistent thread through everything that is that brand that is that so you can look at this and you can look at anything sisters of mercy and recognize that well, that is sisters you of mercy.
0: said that maybe it's the birthplace of branding <laughs> i mean <laughs> so much be. online social media energy it, goes to
1: possibly, Brand. you know anyway. yeah yeah but but he was for the longest time doing it independently he wasn't on this was their first major label release the other ones and it was still licensed through his own pr- uh, 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 publishing organization. Mm. So he had control through the whole thing. Nice. Way because he just wanted it to... He knew exactly what he wanted. Nobody's going to mess with my nobody stuff. Nobody's going to mess Don't with Don't touch it. my stuff. And that is why there were multiple people in the band through the entire thing. And the only consistent members were him and the drum machine. Sure. Right? Because he became very difficult to work with oh. because he was you know I the can mastermind. See how, yeah yeah and i think he would admit that too and um the two albums that came out after this also had completely different lineups mm. different production values different hmm. quality of songs but it was it was always him they just toured they came to kansas oh City. cool did you check them out oh yeah i was there good time and um yeah you know it 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 it's not presented in the way that I consider the classic Sisters of Mercy lineup to be, which was this okay. album. Um, you know it's a little bit more heavy metal. Oh interesting. and, and le- a, little, a little bit more too reliant on backing tracks. Um, but to hear those songs and to hear that voice yeah. is, I mean that's that's why you go.
0: Well, uh, I had a similar but different experience uh, uh, in that uh, Black planet. Uh, Mm -hmm. with the lead off um, I was was like I don't love this Uh but I'm but I'm interested Uh and uh, I was like I also kind of hope that the rest of the record doesn't sound just like this Mm -hmm. not (laughs) it it, it departs from that track and then everything else kind of seems a little bit more homogenous right Uh, but, but each thing is also you know got its own twist to it yeah so it was a very, it was a peculiar uh, and 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 you know um, the other takeaway was that I almost wondered if he's trying to sound like David Bowie because he <laughs> sounds like him a lot in spots.
1: Well, it's funny that you say that because we were talking about Bauhaus earlier and Peter Murphy, like just completely aped David Bowie. Oh, right? that was his main okay. main thing, um, and there is a lot of that. So a lot of the, not even a lot, all of these bands, when they were forming in the late 70s, David Bowie was music. their leader, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. David Bowie paved the way. Without David Bowie, none of these bands would exist, right? Because they... That's crazy, because man. Because what David Bowie... Because how huge is that list? Massive. Of all the books that I have ever read about this era of music are these bands... If David Bowie had not happened, none of this would have happened.
0: That's great. Where, where else can you go? That also would have happened here and here. Not many spots. I mean, I would think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess you'd have to go back to say, you know, there wouldn't have been the way the '60s developed without the Beatles, or the way the '50s developed without Elvis, right? There, there had to have been someone who was so wildly different from what came before. To, to open the doors for everybody but, to But look
0: to... at the spotlight mm-hmm. the Beatles had and that Elvis had, mm-hmm. and then look at Bowie. Yeah. Like, he was always just kind of... What was yeah. that? Yeah. Nothing. Just, you know, and exactly. then you're older and you're like, oh my God. Right? I, re- I remember, I've said it on here before, uh, like, I'd gotten to a spot where it's like, I think that I've heard every track the fo- 101, the Fox, could possibly <laughs> yeah. play. And then one day and it was one of those weird moments where I caught you know, the DJ didn't cut off any part uh-huh. the, of the beginning or the end, but I caught uh, space oddity God. in a quiet moment, completely clean and uninterrupted. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is happening yeah. right now? Like I want to cry and yeah. I'm, I'm anxious and I'm, yeah. I'm so curious mm-hmm. to know, you know, it's, like rooting through a dirty mm-hmm. clothes hamper trying to find and nothing is ever the same. Yeah. Just con- a perpetual reinventor yeah. and less mm-hmm. spotlight, whether yeah. related or not, I, I don't that, know.
1: I, I, you know, I would love to talk with Steve about this since that you guys were talking about Bowie a bunch in, in last night or the, the in the other one. But the interviews that I've seen of Bowie he never really he he wasn't he was doing what he did because he had no other choice mm. right meaning that it didn't matter if he was successful or not he was going to do this right and so whether or not culture society whatever was ready for him or not he was just going to do it That's and cool. the right people always picked up on it you know, that's, so I so, love that. Yeah, that's so great. And so his influence came from people discovering it when they were ready for it. Hmm. Right. That,
0: that, if we just had two more tracks. Right. <laughs> it'll when it's, you know,
1: precisely. And so so um, all of these bands and, and it wasn't just new wave music. It was, you know, heavy metal was influenced by glam hmm. Which was David Bowie and T Rex. Right. And Roxy Music, right? So things moved either to a heavier realm or a lighter realm, depending upon the audience and what the, 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 the folks who were listening to that music wanted, wanted to, 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 how they wanted to take that influence and synthesize it into something else. Right. But it always, always comes back to Bowie. That's always comes crazy. back to Bowie. Crazy.
0: Man, uh, you know, again with the the stamp uh, of uh, I I got it on this band, Uh, one song, Mm -hmm. uh, get it on Bang Mm -hmm. Gong. Like I heard that four billion times, and I was like, so fucking T Rex sounds like Jesus. And there's a there's a playlist that I sort of live and die with now that has a whole uh, T Rex album on it, and every time one of those tracks comes on, I'm like, holy fuck, who is and I'm like. God damn these guys are amazing. Yeah. And here I was just joint one hit, you know, kind of <laughs> that's them. And well, and it's one record. Yeah. I haven't even looked any deeper. Yeah. But interesting that you brought them up with him.
1: Um I think that that well, so T-Rex wasn't as popular in America for I don't know what reason, probably the same reason. Um but, but in England they were massive. shred. Oh yeah, and they were and real, groove. Just, oh yeah. And jam? It it was they they were they were again taking a bunch of things that sh- shouldn't have fit together but did, huh. you know. And 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 I could we could go on if we wanted to talk about how how you know psychedelic music turned into space rock and 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 how T Rex is somewhere in the middle there and, and started to make glam happen, but you know. Th- th- um, it, it, it that stuff was the prototype for what punk rock would become what electronic music would become what experimental music would become what prog rock would become like it all stemmed from that point in which that, that people wanted to do more with music mm. which is a great it, thing yeah right? and all of these bands were kids or young you know young young people when they first saw david bowie and it changed you know they they will all say oh i saw david bowie on top of the pops and it changed my life that's all those so bands. Awesome. they wanted to be, they so wanted great. to do that yeah so
0: um so thank you again for uh getting me that um M-Line twists instagram page is the best spot to keep tabs on what's happening with inline yes, twist true and then the other outfits also have a digital presence that's that...
1: right so manta mm-hmm. Has Instagram and Facebook. Okay. Static Phantoms. Oh, go ahead. Sorry.
0: M A N T A.
1: M O N T A. M O N T A. Right. Okay. Um, Static Phantoms, which is the synth project. That's mostly active on Instagram. We actually just released a single last week. Oh,
0: fun. Congratulations.
1: Thanks. Thanks. It's. Uh,
0: is uh, that. A, do they have a band camp too? Is yes. Where one can confi- fight? Okay.
1: All these bands are on Bandcamp. Camp. Great. Luckily and um, yeah that's that's the that's the musical projects that are active enough to my ambient stuff doesn't have a I don't do anything for that that's just okay that, not yet, yet just, anyway eh right it's not really it's not meant to be a package like that it's not meant to sure. be sure
0: it's an experience right exactly okay. so it's,
1: it's nice to not it's nice to have that outside of oh I gotta go promote this thing right or oh I gotta you know get t-shirts made for this sure <laughs> sure well
0: uh i've got five goofy questions for you oh, and great. i really need to uh, add to the list because oh. i'm just repeating but that's fine uh they still are, are fun a little bit for me anyway uh so uh, lunch or coffee or what a cocktail whatever with anyone uh dead or alive who are you choosing and why
1: oh and that would be david lynch
0: david lynch wow uh, and man, the folks that love David Lynch love David <laughs> Lynch. Right. I mean, yeah. it's almost like, um, uh, diehard David Lynch fans aren't satisfied with the level of credit and recognition he's gotten for the work that he's done. Or I, I don't, I don't know, but it is, it is a, a something like a phenomenon yeah. to quote, uh, De La loss or tribe <laughs> qual, whoever that was.
1: Uh, the uh I don't think David Lynch gives a shit. No, of How course popular. not. Of course not. Of course he doesn't. <laughs> and which is brilliant. And I think that the people who really love him are totally fine knowing that, that he's an acquired taste. And 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 he is brilliant, but he's hard to grasp if you don't want to go on that journey. Okay. Right? And, and and because sure. he's the well challenge. Said. Yeah. So because it's a challenge, the folks that really love him wear it as a badge of honor. I would actually say that it's a similar thing to people who enjoy Frank Zappa's work. Oh wow. Right? Okay. Because, You're absolutely right. right. You're absolutely right. So it's like and 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 while I am not a huge fan of Frank Zappa's work, I love him as a creative person. Sure. And I love watching interviews with them because of his his expensive. That YouTube
0: rabbit hole is deep. Oh
1: yeah. So And exciting and educational. He's a brilliant he was a brilliant man. Absolutely. And um uh but so with David Lynch, it's the kind of thing that I've read enough books about him and I've seen him in person and I've seen all his films and I've studied all his stuff that he would be the kind of guy that I would sit uh, like to sit down with and talk about anything other than his movies. Of course, of course. Because it's like he's he's just that brilliant of a creative person that he doesn't want to talk about his his No, movies, man. Right? Because the films are my experience, yeah, and he's over it; he's yeah. done with that, yeah, right. But but let's talk about old cars or oh. what kind of you know his, the coffee he makes. Or, I would t- I was you know, gonna say how yep. does he take his coffee? Precisely that um, kind of stuff.
0: Did you watch uh, Louis C.K.'s show Louis on FX?
1: No. Oh, was this when he was did, was David Lynch on there? Yeah. Okay, I didn't see. I never got to see that. It's So I, mean, I will have to go see it, it.
0: Well, it, it was scrubbed uh, from the internet but he got it back oh, from Fox okay. uh, for a limited time. Oh yeah. And all of his prices like if you you can buy all 7 mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. of his stand-up specials for $30 oh, okay. on his website and Louis is there too. Maybe the best television show I've ever seen awesome. and I don't I don't watch you know the the only one I would throw in there it would be The Wire. You know because yeah. that I haven't I didn't watch The Sopranos or Breaking Bad. Yeah, I, I just didn't. Sure. Um, but it is really really fantastic. All five seasons, mm-hmm. just emotions all. And there's a, a spot in in maybe season three uh, mm-hmm. where he's he's a, a pretty central figure to a, a handful of episodes. Wow. Okay. And it is so unnerving yeah and so compelling yeah you just you can't look away like and, <laughs> and he, that's that's his thi- that's and English most is of thing. their yep. scenes mm-hmm. are like it's just the two of them having dialogue yeah. in a in a quasi dark room yeah oh god it's so awkward nice yeah and it's just like i when he wa- walked onto the i was like get the fuck out of here. And then you can tell yeah. he's invested in this character oh, yeah. and it's really, he's just, I think being himself.
1: I'm sure it is. But yeah. Man. Anytime he's been in an act in an acting situation, he's, he's been but, just uh, basically doing himself kind of like Jeff Goldblum does. <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: Well, uh, uh, again, fantastic show for an artist, a parent, yeah. anybody that's ever been in a relationship, uh, anybody that's ever had opportunities uh, around them. Mm-hmm. It just, so good cool um you have the opportunity to visit your past self uh what age are you choosing and what are you saying
1: oh man that's a therapy question isn't it
0: yeah a little bit uh i
1: would go i would go pretty far back okay um uh so being the nerdy outsider kid (laughs) and also having been, you know, uh, you know, there were points in my life where, you know, didn't have, uh, father figure around and stuff. And I would go back to the version of me at that point who really needed to know that there was a really awesome future ahead. God, if only, right. You know, dude, thinking about, you know, especially being a parent now and, and having been there the entire time for my child and despite the divorce and everything, you know, my whole thing was to not make the same (laughs) mistakes uh, and to, and to learn from the fact that, I mean, I wasn't a victim, right? I don't, I don't, I don't hold resentment towards my parents for what happened of course because not, of but lives, right? but if
0: there was a therapist in the room, they would definitely say that divorce is trauma. Oh sure, so it's Absolutely. not nothing.
1: That that's actually, and that's why this is go. That's why I'm saying that if I could go back and bolster that kid better, right? I I could have probably had an easier time moving through the rougher points of my life. But at the same time, you think, well, whatever it was that 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 trauma may or may not have happened. I found my way. Yeah. And so I, I got to hand it to myself. Yeah. So I,
0: I, I, struggle. Uh, I don't visit as, as, as often as I used to, but, uh, Durango where I went to school and had the radio show, all that and, and newspaper and a lot of good friends was just a magical experience Mm, and I got to go to college while doing it Mm -hmm. and, and, and hone a lot of, lot of rough edges about myself. Yeah. Um, and I, I bailed Mm -hmm. to come back to Kansas city, um, for a very short lived long distance relationship. Mm -hmm. And it was an immediate move in together kind of thing. And it it didn't end bad, but it just, it didn't work after a year and a half. Uh, and then I'm you know, kind of fumbling through, and, and met uh, uh, the woman that I would end up having kids with, mm-hmm. which you know also ended in, in divorce, mm-hmm. um, which thwarted my only true my special purpose was uh-huh. I'm gonna have a family uh-huh. and have kids and not yeah. get to and well well that's not what was in the in the cards for but so. Uh, I've always uh, that choice to come back and and pursue that relationship. Like I want to kick myself so hard for Uh it, but I don't have the kids that I have if I don't do that. Sure. And there's a lot of other uh, uh, smaller uh, uh, parallels to that. It's large to me, right? There's a lot of where it's like, man, if only, and it's like, but look what, you know, sort of like the, uh, I didn't have anything going on and I was Mm -hmm. a nerd and whatever, but you were, Honing a lifelong craft. Oh, absolutely,
1: I mean. yeah, uh, and I agree. Like, I wouldn't, I, I would, I would hesitate to ever say, "Oh, if I could go back and change." Something. Right, right. I went through some shit. Yeah, and most of it was my own damn fault. <laughs> but the so like I can't. I'm not. I don't blame anybody. I sure. especially don't blame my parents who didn't know any better and who have worked hard to try to to make up for those things. But it wouldn't. It wouldn't have hurt to 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 hear a little reassurance little from, my, from my from my future self yeah. that hey it's
0: hey going to be
1: cool yeah so i suspected
0: pay yourself we'll a, a random co- <laughs> those are some really cool sneakers my man what yeah exactly. oh how about that uh okay uh complete this if you would for me please the world would become an immediately better place in which to live if only
1: um I think, I feel that the the problems with the human race stem from everybody just not being cool with what they've got. Wow. Because if you were just cool with what you got, you wouldn't be feeling like you had to compete with other people. You wouldn't feel like you had to get more than other people. You wouldn't have to feel like you had to be in front of the line of other people. You wouldn't feel like you had to be in a better political party or a better sports team or whatever. right? You wouldn't have to feel like something was lacking in yourself so badly that you had to take it from somebody else.
0: Very well That's said.
1: why the world Is in the state it's in right now because everybody's too fucking fixated on what they don't like about other people when they should just mind their own business.
0: Now, everybody, meaning the whole world, or or just our little pocket? Everybody, okay.
1: The whole world.
0: Well said, man.
1: And 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 let me let me let me rephrase that. (laughs) There are people in the world who get that. And are totally fine living their life without being burdened by that. Without being burdened by that sense of lack that that drives people in the wrong manner. I think that in a capitalistic society such as ours, we're bred to feel like we have to have more than somebody else. Oh,
0: My daughter, right? dude, is like the three things. Uh, availability to go to Starbucks and TikTok and lululemon clothes and i'm just like fuck man no 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 and you know, the, but those are the yeah. measuring sticks and i want to be like there is so much more
1: there is and 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 we all have to find that for i ourselves. know i know that's the that's the challenge I'm, i've
0: never been patient yeah, <laughs> so yeah. i'm like no no no." yeah I have the answers now right. at 12 and oh, show yeah. them
1: to yeah. me but they the also the challenge is, and we all know this as parents, is that there is more influencing the young minds of this world than just us. And, so and it's much unfortunate more. that it is being influenced mostly by you're not good enough, you need more, you're uh, not uh, gonna be you're not gonna be happy or satisfied unless you have this. Uh, it's a chapter in the you're...
0: book you were just yeah. talking about, you know?
1: Yeah. <clears throat> so
0: and, and it's uh, all, you know, as opposed to finding that magazine and the music store in mm-hmm. Tacoma, and and all of this like uh, peeling to mm-hmm. f- discover stuff. It's all being fed. Yeah, you know it's wild and not yeah. healthy. It's cool. I think it's way cooler when you gotta dig for. Oh, it. Oh yeah,
1: but absolutely, the, d- the discovering is is is. A- by dis- by going through the act of discovery, you are leading with curiosity. Yes, you're saying what what else is there? Right, right. And and it's a, there's a sense of optimism. What could be? Not oh, this is just the way it is. Yeah, right. This is the stuff. I gotta like I gotta consume this. I gotta do this. I gotta be measured by this. But if you say, well, what else is there? How else can I find something? How else can I express myself? This is what. This is what. This is what David Bowie did. Yeah, yeah. Right? This hey. is what. This is what people who pave the way or trailblaze in the ways that they do right. are not satisfied with just being okay with everybody saying this is what there is. Right. So,
0: um, is there a band or a song uh, that when. Uh, they or it comes on you want to leave the room
1: leave the room in a bad way yeah
0: like i can't i just can't with this song or with the these guys
1: you know back to your 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 statement earlier about how when we were younger we might have had music snobbery that that would have been the case in the past okay um i i don't feel that way now because i can look at those things and say you know what this this is obviously there because it brings somebody joy uh, man and, and awesome I, and i can appreciate that really i may like... not personally want to listen to it right and and there are certainly times where like oh my god i hate that song why is it stuck in my head that's my own personal preference yeah. but i'm not going to be like take that joy from right. somebody else right
0: it's so weird uh the the concept of, of songs getting stuck in your head now i I have uh things that trigger riffs and -hmm. it's not always pleasant (laughs) like if i hear the word fogarty Uh or credence yeah i get this immediately the suzy (laughs) rip and i can't do anything about it i can go uh, six days or six months between yeah but as soon as oh yeah and i played the shit out of my Credence Greatest Hits yep. cassette and loved every minute oh, yeah. of it. And now I'm, I'm just like, oh, God. Yeah. I mean, and I still respect them oh, a lot, yeah. but it's anyway. Uh, okay, last but not least, true or false, it's okay to wear the shirt of the band whose show
1: you're going to. Um, this is where I can be a music snob, and it is false, except there's one and this is my this is the one exception. Okay. Okay. And and I would not have thought this until I saw it with my own eyes. So, yes, I would never I personally would never wear the bad shirt. But I have performed and seen people in the crowd wearing my shirts. Okay and that's 100% <laughs> totally cool.
0: I should have seen because, that coming. Because
1: again, I'm not going to take that joy away from that person. I wouldn't do it, but I'm not going to pee on somebody else's parade. Okay. Now, there's one other there's a, there's a major example in which I've have I've seen this and been okay with it. And it's so years ago Iron Maiden was playing at the Sprint Center. Wow. And my cousin, the cousin I mentioned earlier who got me into heavy metal in the first place, had flown out here to to hang out with his buddy and go to this concert. And he's like, "Hey, we're going to be down in this place called Power Light. You should come down and have a beer." So I went down there and um I think I was wearing cuz I didn't want to look like I was a non-heavy metal fan. So I I was wearing a Red Fang t-shirt. Mm. And, and so I'm walking in there, and the entirety of Power & Light, everybody in there, thousands of people are at Power & Light going over to, to Sprint Center. Every single one of them was wearing an Iron Maiden T-shirt. That's crazy. And, 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 and when I met up with my cousin, he was wearing one too. And that particular fan base wears those shirts as a badge of honor
0: because what they were it's doing is unique to Iron Maiden fans it,
1: Well, I don't know if it's unique to Iron hey. Maiden fans, but this was the first time I'd ever seen Phenomenon. everybody yeah. wearing them. And and what he was telling me is that when because they've been around for so long yeah. and they've done so many tours that if you've got a shirt from a really uh, as far back as you can go, you're the
0: president of our organization. Precisely.
1: That's like street cred.
0: Well, it's it fa- fascinating because I was all I never have really lived in the metal uh, lane. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've peeked into it a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I barely listened to it. My cousin turned me on to Iron Maiden. I barely listened to any, mm-hmm. but I always wanted to keep tabs on the cover art of the newest record oh, yeah. because it was all it was fascinating and fun it was always eddies doing yeah. this now yeah so i i can see how that would be well it's
1: similar to the to the, the sisters of mercy theme right they've yeah. got a thing yeah and that every tour they'd have different like multiple different shirts that would be on theme for that album or that particular tour or whatever and 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 so it create in in that environment it was creating that much stronger a sense of community. Hey, I was at that show. That's my favorite record. Oh, here's the tour dates on the back. I was at this show, right? That kind of thing. And because it's it's part of the experience of following the band. You know, when people follow bands, this is a thing they do, right? Grateful Dead fans trade mixtapes and this and that. Whatever it is, the cultural thing that gives you some cachet that says... I experienced this then, and this is this is the depth of my fandom, which is really cool. Now, some of these bands that I would go see now, from the olden days, I would probably wear their shirt, because if I had a con- if I still had my head on the door concert shirt, I would have worn it to that Cure show at Starlight a couple of years oh, ago. Oh wow! Okay, just because, like again, it's that same thing. Yeah. I was there. This is this particular version of it, but. If it was a contemporary band, I wouldn't do it. Mm. If it was a contemporary band, I wouldn't do it because we're all there. Right. right? We're all there. This band's only got two records. So what? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That said... As a musician, when I see somebody wearing one of my shirts, that's, it's, gotta be that's cool. pretty cool. Yeah. So we played Saturday night. There were at least two people wearing shirts. Hell yeah. And you know what? I appreciate that. Heck because yeah. I know that they have made, especially as a local band, they made the effort to come out to that show and they didn't have to. Right. They could have stayed at home. And not only that, they're wearing my damn shirt. Nice. I'm not going to poo-poo that. That's <laughs> fucking awesome. Yeah. And, and um, so I, I – again, it comes down to what's the situation. Yeah. I think the rule of thumb is don't, but well, in special cases, you can. I, I It's acceptable. I
0: just – it gives me joy to ask the question. Yeah, yeah. So uh, – and I was telling this to the dudes on Saturday. Um, uh, just a few weeks ago, I was out in Colorado uh, seeing uh, my 81st and 82nd Fish shows. Oh, wow. And the dude that I was seeing him with, I've seen – 40 plus of those with him. Mm. And I am who I am and he he'll you know, visor and t-shirt like yeah. double down. yeah, and I'm, and I'm just like this fucking guy, and but I love him to death. Yeah. And we go together, you know, and live together for a week and yeah. see three sh- or whatever yeah. it is. And anyway, it's just I, I love it. I think
1: that I think that there's something that happens when a when a musical act becomes as established as for example, a sports team. Right. Like, you're not going to see Chiefs fans who are underdressed in Chiefs gear. Right. Right? The whole point is to show how big of a fan you yeah. are. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You want to go and say, I'm in this. Yeah. But there are a few bands that get to that level. Right. Well, and, the, and 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 any band that does eighty-two band shows in one year, how long? No, that? no. I mean, that I've
0: like, been seeing them since ninety-four. Okay, I've managed to see them eighty-two yeah. times. They've
1: probably played thousands of shows. Oh, yeah. There've, right.
0: I, there are people that have seen them three and four hundred exactly. times. It's like, when
1: you know. when when something becomes an institution, I think the rules change. Right. Fair enough. And, Fair and, enough. And I think that that it's just it, it I think it's f- uh, who am I going to go see coming up? Okay, I'm going to go see this band called Nation of Language mm. in a couple of weeks. And and they're a relatively new band. They've been out for uh, a, f- a few years, but they only have like three records. Okay. If I walked in wearing a Nation of Language t-shirt, I would be corny.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Because they're a nas- they're a world touring band. They but and and everybody there is already in on the secret. Everybody there is already in on it. Right, it it doesn't feel like you have to overdo it. Right, you don't have to prove anything. Right, you're already there.
0: The argument that I always say for answering this question with false is the fact that we're all here together shows that we're into. So, sh- use this opportunity to show me yeah.
1: what else you're into, man. Yeah. Like, well, uh, and that's. I mean, I'm wearing this. We play the <coughs> Monta opened up for Twin Tribes last week. I've been waiting to wear this shirt. Nice, right? Wasn't gonna wear it to the Twin Tribe show. And, right. you know if i went to another city to see them that said there were plenty of their fans there who did have their shirts I on i mean that's cool again takes... i'm not going to be yeah. the the, the, yeah. the guy that says that that's not right. the right thing to do right. i just wouldn't do
0: it um so uh one question i forgot to ask and then we'll, we we got to get you out of here yeah. uh emeline twist which is e m m a l i n e and then second word twist uh i meant to ask you the origin story of the no. name <laughs>
1: Okay, that's a good one. The um, there's there's something that happens with every band when they're just starting out, which is you have to figure out what you're going to call yourself. Mm. And um, most of my bands, the names have come pretty easily. Uh, it was hard to come up with a band name for Abandoned Bells because we weren't sure what we had messed around with a couple of names, and the Late Night Callers was an instant name that that just it fit instantly and there was no hemming about it or anything. So I was, I guess I was working from home or something or, or I don't even remember because I don't have a TV. Mm. Um, I can't remember how I saw this, but there was some news article on the TV. Maybe I clicked on it by mistake or something about this Airbnb or this 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 bed and breakfast place up in the northeast that this that this couple had opened up and it was in one of those mansions up in the northeast and um they were talking about how it was haunted so maybe mm. it's around halloween i don't know okay but um so the news article was talking about this haunted bed and breakfast up in the northeast and and so the person was talking about the owner was talking about the owners of the house and it apparently was owned by a judge back in the late 1800s, a judge and his wife who moved out here from the Northeast, like Maine or something. And she, the wife was a business person. Like she started, she was like the president, the first, like the first female bank president in Kansas city. Hmm. Um, Or like a woman's bank or something like that. Something really particular that was, she was, you know, a forward facing woman. Yeah. Pioneer. Yeah. And, and they said it was, they, they said their names and I wasn't watching, so I didn't see any print of it, but I wasn't watching. And so I heard them say it was owned by judge Samuel and his wife, Emmeline Twist, And I heard it as Emmeline twist but it was spelled T-W-I-S-S, I later found out. <laughs> and Emmeline was spelled differently too. And I'm like, whoa, that's a cool name. Right? Emmeline Twist, wow, that sounds awesome. And what, she was this woman back, you know, woman uh, banker. I mean, that's pretty cool, right, for the times. So I brought it to the band and I'm like, how about this? And everybody just was, there was only four of us at the time. We hadn't uh, had our, our fifth member join yet. Um, uh, and everybody was like, oh, that's cool. And then, you know, the abbreviation is the ET uh, which kind of gets into our space theme. Yes. Stuff. So, um, but, uh, yeah, so that's the, that's, Very cool. that's how that came
0: cool. Very about. cool. Uh, I apologize if that was in one of those articles that you're oh, I don't know. linked to, but I, I don't, I didn't recall seeing it. So I, uh, I don't think it
1: was, I think that's the kind of thing that everybody that, that usually gets asked rather than written about <laughs> right
0: right well uh so the emeline twist uh instagram page uh the band camp has the four uh uh releases that we talked about as well as merch um and yes. then Manta, monta m-o-n-t-a yes. also has a band camp and an instagram yes and i already forgot the other outfit's name static phantoms static phantoms correct also has social media and a band camp that's correct okay um man i really appreciate it uh it's uh, a little bit late in the evening oh, for somebody no that has a, a drive home um but this has been a blast and I'm, yeah. I'm really glad that you made the time and made the trip so well, thank thanks,
1: you this this was a lot of fun i'm i'm glad i i love your other episodes and i'm glad to be included in that in this you know esteemed list of folks,
0: so. <laughs> you know as you point to that uh, you pointed to it earlier in talking about uh, uh, th- things that uh, I forget the specific thing but things that folks went through during COVID mm-hmm. and really a lot of variety I mean you've uh, folks that um, you know uh, were prepared to open a venue mm-hmm. and had to scramble and, yeah. and a lot of folks in the hospitality industry that mm-hmm. had to uh, pivot and figure stuff folks in bands Yeah. uh i had one guest on here who had both parents die like back to back yeah uh and it not and it was during pandemic but not necessarily uh covid but just you know uh, most everything you could think of mm-hmm. um and it's sort of like experience in the pandemic is the common denominator for yeah. all of us anyway uh thank you so much absolutely appreciate it this
1: was great Bye. thank you ah so much fun